0: Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick. The young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and
1: I'm proud that people are coming up with me.
0: Episode 76 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by a delirious Sean Sheehan. Sean, 8 o'clock in the evening. You're not used to be recording a podcast at this time. Are you okay?
1: I'm okay. I'm just struggling away. It's kind of you know, I'm out of my am out of my uh, my world now. Although we are used to really recording. what kind do we usually record? I don't know. I can't even remember. Okay, so I am delirious. You're right. I am.
0: <laughs> my my point was more that it's on a Tuesday at eight pm as opposed to evening on a Monday. You know, it's just there's something in the waters here today. We're a little bit changed around.
1: Mm-hmm. We we were, <laughs> we promised people a guest last week, and that's kind of. We might still have the guest, but we had a little bit of trouble. Later so you, in the you, week, through no fault we, of our own. No, through no fault of our own. If the guest comes, the guest comes. But uh, for now, it's just us, normal podcast. I'm delighted. Uh, I'm it. delighted that you didn't uh, let me say who it was last week. Yes. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd look very silly right now. Yes, I, I, Yes, indeed. But, uh, so I'm. I'm f- uh, they come. They come for us anyway. Not these
0: other people. Exactly. Exactly. Tell me this though. In terms of your delirium, are you feeling tired?
1: Um, could you do it a boost? A little bit. I could do with a boost, Andrew. Oh. Is there anything like that that you could give me so I could get a bit of a boost? You can tell by the sound of it. Listen.
0: Mm. Oh You feel better already, don't you? Yeah. They are. I got-
1: I oh. got my I uh, got my little care package there <gasps> uh, okay. last Friday. We'll talk
0: about that in a minute yeah. because what I was just shaking for you there is a I couple of vitamin it. D tablets from ORS Nutrition. 90 capsules of them. I'm going to pop a few right now. ORSNutrition.com proud sponsors of the Severe MMA podcast ireland's leading nutritional company supplementation company heading over to or nutrition whether you're an athlete whether you're someone who's just into fitness they are catered especially to you if you're in, if you're into your ga your soccer your swimming your martial arts they will break down by your sport what supplements their experts feel you should be taking to get the peak peak optimum performance out of yourself sean would you mm. say that i yeah, definitely I would, yeah. would if you're just going to the gym if you're just looking to put on a bit of size if you're looking to lean out as well everything is broken down so you know you can go onto the website thinking this is what i'd like and they're going to tell you right mate this is exactly what you need if you go onto the website as well they've got a full range sorry not if when you go onto oral nutrition mm. or dot they have um an outstanding range of products Different types of protein, plant-based, whey-based, um, excellent pre-workout drinks, excellent recovery drinks, loads of nice little um, recipes as well, which we haven't plugged in a while. But, Sean, for me, the best thing is the stuff that they sent us. Yeah, I agree. Tell me what was in your care package, because I, I some, was uh, big. I was a big fan of the BCAs, but you're telling me that there's something even better.
1: Yeah, as everyone knows, I'm a big fan of the, the uh, vitamin D Tabs that I've had for a while. I've been taking them. They're brilliant. I got some krill oil as well, which is good. I haven't been taking it that long now, so maybe next week I'll, I'll know better. So I've only been taking it one or two days, and I got the Omni Joint as well, which you can you, know, you can you can feel it. You know, you when you start taking them, like a couple of days, you can start to feel. it But I'd say next week now I'll be uh, I'll be back and I'll tell you how it does better. But you know, I was looking like online Their prices are pretty good as well, I and mean, when you can get twenty five percent off at your first order it's it's not bad, and you won't be failing any tests of them. You won't no. fail any test for
0: them. You will not. You won't be gone all John Jones. G- um, I was about to name them, but they're not paying us, Sean. So that's yeah. what, that's them. Fuck them, Fuck them. and the drop Jones as well. By the way, well, actually, we we <laughs> may end up mentioning them <laughs> later yeah, on, but wait, wait, not at the on. moment. Yeah. Head on over to RSNutrition.com. Once you've put everything in the cart, as Sean said v- say, ugh, Sean okay. said Sean Shed, as Sean said, very affordable. They will also recommend if you've spent over a certain amount, they'll give you a free gift as well. Or if you're like two euros short, they'll let you know so you can add something just to get it up. Um wee, that's what she said. Um but aside they don't sell those sort of supplements, it's alright. Um, using the discount code SEVERE MMA, all in capital letters, you can get 25% off your first order as well. Sean is very happy. I am very happy. I'm shaking my vitamin D tablets right here. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everything good to do with ROSNutrition.com. We cannot recommend them enough. Sean, you can't recommend them enough either? Yeah,
1: get 25% off your first order at ROSNutrition.com with the promo code SEVERE MMA. S E V E R E. Excellent. And as always, thank you very much to everyone who has
0: ordered in the past, up till now, or is considering ordering. Please, uh, please do. It helps severe MMA greatly. It helps the guys at ROS greatly as well. And um, long may it continue. Boom. There we go. Sean, bit of a busy week. One or two things
1: happened. You yeah. were worried that I wasn't going to show up today. I, well, I'm worried about that every fucking week. So, yeah, but yeah. you're
0: especially worried. Uh, especially worried I woke up in a nice, nice pool of my own drool on the kitchen. Oh, not in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs>
1: Stable? Like I say.
0: on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I, like these. Wo- I
1: like waking up with a little bit of drool. You know you slept well when you yes. drooled a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I, felt, I lay down on the sofa at 12 o'clock and I was like, this is grand. I'll be up now again in a few minutes and we we'll go do a few messages. <laughs> and then five, six hours later, face down, well refreshed.
1: Indeed. I slept sure. four hours last night. It was terrible. You might as well, sure. You might as well. You had a hard week of it over in Las Vegas anyway. It was a busy week. It
0: was. I'm still a... I, you know that I always think that we have a, a, a foolproof system for beating jet lag. Yeah, and that's to stay up all day and get your flight Of course, I did that, I walked the feet off myself in New York City, may have missed my flight leaving Las Vegas on the Sunday Got diver- How did you
1: miss your flight by
0: the way? Um, I was at the IMAS and there was a two hour break so I was trying to hold on as long as possible just hoping it might start up again I have no idea why there was a two hour break something to do with the Hall of Fame inductions then by the time I was heading back I was getting the monorail and that monorail, monorail. And it took, a, it took a just walking to it, then waiting for the next one, then getting to Hooters, then packing the rest of my stuff. Or no, I had already packed, but it was kind of like I had to check a bag. So I thought it was like 40 minutes before the flight you could still check a bag, but for an international flight with United, it's over an hour. So unfortunately, um, I had missed it. But they have a flat tire system, excellent excellent uh, customer service, I have to admit, from them. and um, They rebooked me on a free flight. Ending up in Dublin. So they offered me either Chicago the following morning with an eight-hour layover, or New York that light that night, um, get in at six in the morning and spend the day in New York until... She told me ten o'clock, but it was actually seven, only for I checked it and tried to check in online myself. I figured that out, so that could have been another embarrassment. So I would have missed this podcast too. Uh, but they, they sorted me out big time. So I got to spend a day in New York and see a couple of my friends... Who had emigrated within the last year. So I hadn't got to see nice. them. One of them actually went to Vegas for 196. So I got to see him then. But I think they're all going down for 202 as well.
1: So yeah, I just spent my week yeah, like sitting watching on my couch fights. watching fights. That and how it. did that go for you? Was that okay? It was alright. I is a bit tedious. there in Wednesday. But it was, apart from that, I was okay. How did you, near, there was no fights on Wednesday. Uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Maybe so. I, I was drinking an old drink, and I went down the wrong way. And oh I, fucking, oh God, I thought I was I thought I was out of it, Andrew. A, a fucking, coughing, a coughing uh, spree. Well, kind of a bit, little bit, but. I'm sure it's grand. Anyway, let's get on to them. You I mean, just underplayed your us. death. <laughs> just underplayed my near death, yeah. Uh, we'll get all to all the UFC 200 and all the International Fight Week in a second. But I suppose it would be remiss of us if we didn't start off with the UFC sale. Uh, if you're no. li- been living under a rock for the last few days. UFC is for sale. Weirdo huh? no journalists. The UFC isn't for sale. Yeah, fucking those weirdo journalists. What would they know? But yeah, it's been confirmed by uh, some CBS news People that UFC has been sold for four billion dollars to WME, IMG, uh, and a couple more people, Silver Lake, uh, uh, Michael Dell's holding company as well, and a couple of more for $4 billion, as I mentioned. And uh, they're going to be taking over. Lorenzo Fertitta is going to be stepping down and CEO in, uh, I think it's six, to eight weeks, they said, or something like that. Dana White's going to be staying on, uh, as the president did, and running the day-to-day things. Darren Ravel from ESPN actually just probably came on the podcast. Uh, wrote an article that said Dan White is going to be getting 9% of the profits for the next 5 years, that's his contract, now we don't know if that's true or not, but that's the Darren Reveille SPN thing, so is going to be coming out with, you know, good 18 20 million a year maybe we don't ex- exactly know their figures but you know around that so that's pretty good money then is going to be on for the next few years after just getting paid uh, 360 million for his nine uh, percent shares so t- times are changing andrew first thoughts so from that dana
0: thing i just want to clear something up because in kidd Put up a tweet. The UFC paid out profits as dividends regularly, according to reports from credit agencies. Dana was getting that 9% of profits before the sale as well because he had already owned 9% of the company. He was receiving 9% of the profits yeah. as well, plus his salary. They were the two tweets that he put up. So he um,
1: he's staying on. No word about who's replacing Lorenzo as yet? No, they don't have any But But there's little reports from different sources that Ari Emanuel is going to be invo- involved in it a little bit. I don't know if he will been exactly in the uh, Learns of Fertitta thing no, because he, obviously, he's the agent to, like, huge people. The Rock and fucking, um, uh, what's his name... Uh, lo- loads of different people. Some of the big—I think Matt Damon, like loads of huge people. Yes, Mark Wahlberg and all. He's Ari Gold's character, obviously on Entourage So I doubt he's going to be doing the day-to-day like Lorenzo does. But he will be involved in it. But they'll probably get someone in there, you know, as as a CEO. And you know, it's, people are saying like Brian Stanchill's on anything. I, I don't think it's going to be any of those people. I think it's going to be external. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an executive. I think coming in there, it's going to be someone, you know, maybe even a Gary Cook. Maybe Gary Cook w- would be someone like that. But it's probably. Going going to be someone who's like gary cook has you know worked in nike worked in man city you know worked in these big companies probably even bigger than them maybe so yes yeah, t- times are changing so with the sale it had been denied for a long
0: time maybe a lot of people are thinking what is going to effectively change here dane is staying on dane is still going to be the face of the company Dan is still going to be around and i believe the fertitas have a minor share now in the company as well, do they?
1: Yeah, very minor. I think probably like less than 1%. I don't know the exact figure now. I just made that up, but yeah, very, very minor. Maybe
0: it's just hard. Uh, Why not? Do you know what I mean? Why not just...
1: there's a report well that flash are staying on you know the Abu Dhabi they own, yeah, 10%. They own 10% so they're staying on as well apparently but uh, like I don't think all those reports are 100% official yet but I think uh, that's the case but yeah there's owned own 80% of it I think and probably um, for
0: the best that they stay there now because like the next two years are going to be hard I'd say for the guys that are taking over it so to have people still involved in the company who had just previously run the company is
1: probably not the worst thing in the world yeah, I think, like, most of the staff and all that are going to be staying on. Like, it's difficult to know. People are asked, what, what's going to happen next? We don't know, really, what's going to happen next. That's That's the whole thing about it. I suppose we'll see, like it's a pretty good ship it's a pretty well ran ship and I think they'll probably keep the ship going as it's going at the moment but you know there will be changes like just like if Lorenzo Frito was still running it there'd, still, there'd probably be changes over the next few years but that's probably even been accelerated a little bit now so it's be, you know big time big changes coming be, well no, not big changes coming maybe but there's a you know there's a big time ahead uh, in over the next two years like in its interesting lines for MMA
0: on that, one final thing. China, mm. Donald Trump's favourite word. They have a big... They Either have um, the group that have purchased, the consortium that have purchased, I believe, have inroads in China. And getting into mainland China would be an absolutely huge thing for uh, for the UFC.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing as well about WME and stuff, they negotiate the, those deals. Like I think they negotiated like, the Premier League deal um, to get into Amer- America I, know, I don't know if it, other places in the world as well but uh, like they, they're involved with eSports which is huge now they're, that bull riding league in America which is pretty big things like that and you know the Chinese group didn't buy the OC this time but I believe that WME could work with that Chinese group to help bring it into China and like even if they don't I think I'm pretty sure they have you know contacts in China as well so it's it's going to be you know the move into Asia could be big in the next quarter which is good as well because I think it's a better time for us and stuff so we could <laughs> we, there could be if there's big fights over there there could be on a good times here for us and that's a, obviously a huge market
0: Could uh, could we make a petition that Ari Gold the, that Jeremy Piven just takes this position and is fed lines, and he does it in. Since he is based off Ari Emanuel, he should just be him in the public in the public front.
1: I agree. He should. Every contract should have to be signed with a hug. So. a hug, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hug it out. And
0: paintball guns are encouraged. <laughs> yeah, brought that's into big, the that's, that's how they should <laughs> fired yeah. staff that's going to the UFC exactly Vegas.
1: Yeah, I put I a gif up of that there the other day when it was first announced. You're done. Yeah, it's funny. Get yeah. out. So, aside from that, probably the
0: best time to announce the sale after one of the biggest weeks in the UFC's history. There was was rumors it was going to be announced Saturday night at the press conference because, and then there was rumors with that, then Dave Schaller came out and said we're going to have an extra press conference. So I was like, okay, this is going to happen now, but it was just Brock's single press conference. But talk going around the media room all week that the UFC were going to be announcing the sale and finalizing the sale that week.
1: So there yeah. you go. It happens. Yes, yeah, like um, I think a big thing about this as well as that uh, like they bought it for two million, went forty million into that, and now selling it for four billion. What an investment! Like you get, and I think it's a perfect time for them to sell as well. You know, they've taken it. I think, to the where, you know, the biggest best they could possibly have taken. I think it's time for him to move on. I think Lorenzo Fertida wants to do other things. You know, he wants to own an NFL team. I think, like, they even talked about a soccer team there a while back. I don't know if that'll be the first thing in his mind, but, you know, his casino business has grown and everything as well. I think it's uh, the UFC that, is probably, he's done a lot of good things for it, and I think he's probably uh, time to sit back and maybe enjoy the fruits of his labour.
0: One last touch on the Fertittas, the Fortida issue. I think we did... Um Talk about it on a recent podcast, do you believe that they have brought it as you said as far as they could, maybe up until this point it they did a lot of people were saying that the reason that they didn't get into New York for so long was because of an issue with the culinary union mm-hmm. and the fertitas in terms of their staff for the casinos and things like that. so if something like that could block the u f c in the past, maybe getting it on and they've already been able to build it up to this stage as it is. Maybe this group are the ones that are influential and absolutely essential to finalising these new, bigger, massive endorsement deals. Number one could be up in a couple of years' time, the Reebok deal or the next television deal. I think that's going to be a marker of how important that these people were or how much of a good investment it was for these guys to purchase the UFC when it comes to game time on the big negotiations.
1: yeah, great point, yeah. Like... These WME as well have a huge uh, connection with Under Armour. You know, The Rock is sponsored by Under Armour and stuff. Now they have a big connection with him. So in a couple of years, I you know I'd be surprised if it wasn't Under Armour taken on from Reebok and you know just probably a big deal coming on there. But GSP um, back, aged forty <laughs> something. GSP back, yeah. But I think one of the biggest points as well is the international expansion. We we talked about Asia, but. Uh, the Fertidas and Zufa had great plans for international expansion, and they did a lot of international expansion, but it didn't go that well, to the Like the UK has never really taken off, has it? You know, it's still not on Skydon. Like, haven't got it yet. Maybe they'll get it next week when it's if it's going to be announced, we'll see. But they haven't got it yet, and like it's 10-15 years now that it's kind of been in the wilderness in, in the UK on Bravo and in BT now like Mexico it took ages they only kind of got in there last year and it's still you know it's still not huge there down here what i like two events as I said Asia and stuff so the international expansion when, when it's gone good it's gone good like, obviously Ireland Sweden has done very well you know Brazil huge um, Canada I don't know is that class international expansion but you know all those countries in the world, but there's still like a lot of the big markets like f- hasn't got legal in France, you know Germany, you know there's a few events, but you wouldn't say it's taken off there either. Maybe with this new group, that that's where they'll take it, and that's you know they'll make it huge everywhere. So yeah, as I said, you know, Fertitta's, I think did a great job, but I think they know themselves that this is going to need a juggernaut behind them to take it to the next level.
0: Germany had the television ban in place for a couple of years And Canada, as you said, started very well They're really, kind of what they did with Brazil They went in big there for the first while And I think they're planning a really big Vancouver card For later on in the year Because there is no main event announced for it yet No Canadian journalists have heard anything about a main event for it And they're thinking that it could be something big There were, I think, originally planning Anderson Silva for there But for whatever for whatever reason, I don't think that's going to happen now but I do think that Vancouver later on in the year that the UFC of Pencil in for it, is going to be probably one of their biggest Canadian shows outside of maybe the St. Pierre thing.
1: Yeah. All right, sure, speaking of uh, Anderson Silva, let's move on to UFC 200 and a few of the fights. That first fight, the Anderson Silva fight, uh, the reaction to that, obviously Anderson Silva fought Daniel Cormier, I think the reaction to that has been very weird. Like, half the, Obviously, there was a lot of booze in the crowd at the time, and then... There's a lot of people saying those people are complete. You know, where the boon This that wasn't a bad. That was a good fight. Why are people? You know, saying that? I think it's it falls somewhere in the middle, right? The, the what? What's the fucking? You know, what actuality is? I think Cormier was probably smart to fight the way he did, and well, he was smart. He was, you know, to, to fight the way he did take Anderson Silva down, wear him out over three rounds, win the decision. That that's smart. But that doesn't mean that it makes for a good fight. You know, that doesn't mean the fight was good. It wasn't a good fight. It was by no means a good fight. You know, Anderson did a lot of stalling on the ground. Uh, Cormier didn't have that much output on the ground. You know, there was a couple of st- um, stand-ups by John McCarthy. I think maybe one of them was bad, but I think the other ones were okay. To be honest, um, there, you know, there's this thing where people say Anderson Silva should be warned because he's stalling on the bottom. Well, he should, but it's also, if it's Anderson Silva's job to get out from the bottom, then it should be Daniel Cormier's job also to get out from being held by someone on the bottom. Exactly. So, like, if both people are in a standstill, if Anderson Silva's holding him, you know, he had the lockdown on that leg and he was holding his head down if he's doing that and he's not moving anywhere and if is stuck in that position and he's not moving anywhere he can't get up then what do you do you have to stand him up okay you could warn both of them you could take a point from both of them but i don't know i think you're better off just standing him up at the, you know at that point i think this fight you know the opinion on it's very weird because it was obviously an odd fight and there was a lot of booze from the crowd and there was so much kind of emotion behind it that it did that way but if it was this was just a normal fight i think people wouldn't have been as mad with the stand ups
0: I have a couple of things I want to talk on there. One is on Silva stalling on the ground. I don't believe that he was stalling on the ground. No, he, no, he had lockdown. He was preventing Daniel Cormier from passing his guard. He was, yeah. Cormier did pass his guard, I think, in the fight. And it, um, Silva, like absolutely, if you're in half guard, you do not want Daniel Cormier getting to the side and then being able to mount you. So Silva employed an absolutely excellent lockdown game that really frustrated Cormier, that meant Cormier couldn't pass, couldn't get big damage, and ended up resorted to holding. Like, my one criticism of wrestlers is that they only pass guard in a certain way. For Daniel Cormier, it seemed like he, I don't want to say he didn't have confidence, but he knew that he was okay to stay where he was in that position. He wasn't actively trying to pass the lockdown in any other way, ...that guys would normally try and pass the lockdown. There was a time that he actually had his knee through... ...and Silva was, I think Silva was coming into a deep half guard position at one stage as well. Also employed by uh, Jogarty Dave Fogarty in the IMAFS as well. Deep half in MMA, it's, it's a big thing. he It just seemed like Silva was really content not to get his guard passed... ...and as long as he was staying safe, then then he was happy. Another thing is that with the whole excitement of how the fight was announced... ...and how it all came together... I think people were expecting it to be a little bit more electric than it actually turned out to be, that it's like, yeah, Daniel Cormier just wants to scrap this and that, but really, Daniel Cormier just wanted to get paid. Daniel Cormier was going to lose out on a lot of money if he hadn't fought on that UFC 200 card. So, and he even lost out on his purse, which went from 1 yeah. million to the Jones fight to half a million against I Silva. that was
1: disgraceful.
0: So, so there's that as well, which is an issue. Anderson Silva's coming in. Yeah, anything other than getting brutally finished is a win for Anderson Silva here. Yeah. Do you know? Because he's coming in on such short notice. And also, if anything, Anderson's stock rose from that fight further. Yeah, if you're looking at the matchmaking of this fight beforehand, if this had been announced maybe 6 months in advance number 1 Cormier would have used that game plan only he would have been sharper at it and probably would have been able to pass Anderson's guard and set, or mount them and maybe finish him and secondly Anderson Silva was 0-4 going into that fight I saw a great tweet I think it was Luke Thomas who retweeted it or he put it up if you look at his last 4 fights he got knocked out he broke his leg he failed a drug test and he lost a decision do you know, and if you had to match that guy with that record up against Daniel Cormier six months beforehand, people were gonna be like, Well, what's going on here? Like this is <laughs> bullshit. So I think everyone kinda had the air of expect expectation or the hope in the back of their head that maybe Silva could come in on a couple of days' notice and finish DC, and wouldn't that be such a fairy tale? That would be amazing. And then when we saw flashes of it, when Silva actually looked pretty good in the stand up, in my opinion, and was able to land good shots on DC then that just became the frustration in the crowd, maybe, that they then started taking it out, that, like, they're booing DC of maybe robbing them of the moment that they want. Because DC is probably the least over-champion in a long time, and it must be frustrating for him. And Rogan and Sonnen spoke about it excellently yesterday, about how John Jones is just this badass that's never been beaten, so people just like that. You know, it's like, once Jones gets beaten... I don 't think he'll be as much of a fan favorite as he is, do you know because in theory, everybody should be cheering Daniel Cormier, and nobody should be cheering John Jones, but because John Jones has this absolute badass reputation of him just being a, a wild man, then that's that's going to win every single time also one sorry one final thing, and then you can. Tell me how wrong I am about everything. He, the fans are completely entitled to boo, by the way, because they paid for their paid for their tickets. But on that arena, on that atmosphere, impressive arena, substandard atmosphere for UFC 200, which was effectively going to be the biggest card in the history. It was a typical Vegas crowd, Sean. There was empty seats up until a lot of the main card, and even then, there were empty seats in the arena, and there were rows of empty seats. Like maybe, like, like I had this idea in my head that these Vegas high rollers that are just yeah we're going to the fight stand to by it but they don't bother going do you know that sort I had that mm. that kind of impression of the crowd like it seemed like a lot of people like that arena will be kicking in seven weeks time do you know with a couple of thousand Irish people in there that yeah. arena is going to be yeah
1: someone mentioned that it's going to be different yeah like the week was kind of like that as well, though, wasn't it? It was kind of, you know, the I, first two fight nights weren't great. They were good, like, but they weren't great. There was a lot, of, cause There was a lot of submissions the first night, but in the second night, you know, those tough fights kind of ruined it. And then UFC 200, you know, there were good fights, but they weren't great fights. You know, it was a solid CB kind of card, you know. But we were expecting like the best card ever, the best fight week ever, and it, it just didn't deliver that. We to be called honest. it though. Yeah, we yeah, you did. I didn't call you call in fairness. Yeah, you did. But I suppose uh we'll reverse up a little bit. Um to the whole John Jones thing. Uh, obviously you were over there. You into the pre- you were at the press conference Yeah you, John Jones half the eight in the
0: morning for a press conference. What kind of a scene was that like? That must have been insane. That was really weird. I have to admit. And the whole th- like I was back in the hotel when it was announced. If I had been at the MGM, I mustn't be on the the mailing list for the exclusive John Jones evening conferences. Or the Dana White breaking conferences. So I wasn't there for that. But the the one the next morning was just... It was crazy. So it was a subdued atmosphere in the room anyway. And people were kind of maybe thinking... So, every, like, this is what I don't like about this, okay? John Jones was already guilty in the court of public opinion before he ste- stood f- step foot on that press conference. Yeah. Because of the manner and how these tests are released and no information is provided at the time, you're just kind of... People jump to conclusions. Stories go out online. People start commenting. Stuff is shared on Facebook. Fuck's sake, John Jones is out of the fight. I can't believe he did this. He's back on drugs. Blah, blah, blah. He's going on a mad one. Like... John Jones was already crucified in the court of public opinion before he got on that dias. Um and when he did get on or no he was sitting down sorry when he was on the stage I, I felt that as it was uncomfortable to be sitting there to be honest mm-hmm. and it's not because a grown man was crying it was not because this and that I think a lot of it was because of the pure brutality of what had hit him do you know what I mean I unless John Jones has pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and he's a master spin man and he can cry on cue I felt pretty sorry for John Jones when he was up on that stage last week. I I felt yeah. he was in an in an awful position. That and as and as well, Chael actually said it, stuff like this. This is damage control. Do you know? You go in, you say your line, you go home, and you say nothing. But mm-hmm. instead, John Jones bared all. And the one thing, why they didn't name that supplement? Do you know what I mean? That's the only sticking point in it with me. Is like n- just name it. Put all your cards on the table. You can't go out and just be like here's 90% of the full truth and here's my genuine emotions on everything, but I'm not telling you what the other thing is because I'm protecting myself legally. Well, then again, I suppose he is protecting himself legally. Be- I I don't know. What do you think?
1: My my general reaction was the same as yours. Like, I kind of felt sorry for him, seeing him up there and uh, crying and stuff. When I, when I think about it, I'm not too sure because this is the man who hit a woman, right? I hit a pregnant woman, broke her arm, Ran away from the scene, came back, took money in and and possibly drugs, allegedly. And ran away and jumped over a fence and left her there. And then he said, "All I could think of afterwards was this was going to be the end of my life. This is the end of my career. Nothing about the woman he left there." And so, this is a guy who has no remorse. This is a guy who only cares about himself. Like, and maybe that's a little bit harsh to say, but he has previous. Like, you know, this is this is a guy who is does. does these things like that he is you know uh, someone put up a great tweet the other day all you have to do is you have eight million you walk in there you you fight for 25 minutes you like the best trainers in the world you have loads of money to get your proper camp you have drivers you have handlers you have pr people you have managers and the only thing you have to do is you know get it get in there and he can't do it and he like he fails to do it you know time after time and he feels you know. this, I don't know. I I I like. There's a certain point. Okay, you have sympathy for him, but how how long can you have sympathy for a guy like that? You know, he has everything. You know, he, he didn't always have everything, but now he has everything. God's and plan. He, he still manages to fuck it up. Like, there's good guys out there. Like even you know, like Daniel Carmier You said, you know, there's good guys out there. You know, doing things the right way. Look, T.J. Dillashaw getting paid fucking what, thirteen or fifty? What was he getting paid? 30 and thirty or something like that. You know, I don't know. I I find it hard to have sympathy for him. Like is he up there crying because oh no, I'm going to be out for two years. I'm gonna l- I've lost eight million. Or is he crying because I oh, didn't take this? I didn't take anything. I you know this is uh, this is so bad. This is terrible. I should, uh, I'm not guilty and stuff. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I and I you know at the time I thought okay it's bad. He's he's sad because you know he's he was caught and he didn't do anything. But uh, thinking back, I'm not sure that's the way. I think he's just sad for himself to be
0: honest. I didn't look at it like that. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely an interesting take on it. Like you said one thing as well like there is a selfishness no I'm saying this in relation to your point yeah. there has to be a selfishness though about a lot of these guys. There does yeah you're 100% yeah. And I to agree. become one of the best in the world like okay there are people who stick stick true to maybe what they've been brought up with and how they've been raised and I think the best example of that in modern sport is Cristiano Ronaldo a man who came from absolutely like his story is is phenomenal fair enough people might think he's this and he's that or whatever but he donates a serious amount of money and he gives away a lot of the money that he he has made in his career and he's helped a lot of people and you always hear these stories about Ronaldo paying for operations or This and that. And whether that's a good PR spin or not, I think there is a genuine likability and a genuine heart in Ronaldo. But in a lot of top athletes, to become the best in the world, like you have to just completely focus yourself on these things and you are the number one priority always. And you have to get your reps in and you have to get your training sessions in. There's a guy, um, and you're gonna hate me for it, Sean, but I think it's a good reference. There's a guy who's a a black belt called Gianni Grippo who left Henzo Gracie's gym as a brown belt to move to Marcelo Garcia's. Now, in jiu-jitsu, people might call him a crayonch, and you stick with your team, and you go this, and you stay there, and you don't move... But he moved because he felt to become the absolute best version of himself he had to be training in that gym under Marcelo Garcia. And now he's leaving Marcelo Garcia's to go to LA to train under a guy called Cobrinha. Now he's partly moving there as well because maybe his girlfriend's moving home and different stuff like that. But he's a guy who's willing to do absolutely anything to make sure that he achieves what he wants to achieve. And I think there has to be a streak of that in every single world champion. Whether it's dominant, whether it's prevalent, whether it's only a tiny bit, I think everybody has it in them that goes on to become... Then again, there are people that get it maybe from absolutely busting themselves through work and they've got a maybe a natural ability themselves and they can get... Like John Jones, as as we said earlier on, he's, a, he's nearly a man that's shackled. Do you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if John Jones lived in a world where none of this stuff existed, think of how dominant and how absolutely alpha male John Jones would be do you know like if there was no restrictions on him but I suppose it's just it's the world that we live in he, he he has to confine by those rules you can't just because you are this person doesn't mean you can't you you can do your own thing
1: yeah and like I suppose it's we must say as well that you know the due process still has to be given there's a uh, a couple of people Rashad Evans and Charles Holland, said yesterday it's estrogen blockers now we don't know if that's true or not we, uh, that John Jones failed for obviously these things will come out eventually uh, but Malky uh, Kawa was on the MMA or uh, what day we did, yesterday Monday and he said uh, basically he said it's it's another supplement thing which I'm, I don't know about this supplement thing like there's obviously huge problems with the supplement industry in America but the excuse that to be the excuse every time Maybe it is for John Jones. Maybe it is for these other guys, but I don't know. It's just a bit weird. Like Malky has a lot of experience doing it. like he has Frank Mir as well. He has Joel Romero. I don't know. Does he have Tim means? I'm not sure what the means, but yeah, he's plenty of uh, experience doing this anyway. So we'll, I suppose we'll see how it you uh, know all works out for, for John Jones. But look, one
0: yeah, one last thing because we said we were going to talk about the company. This actually. Um, Joe Rogan's researcher found this yesterday and brought it up live on his show. So they just he just looked for GAT, whatever, got onto the website. They have a supplement called test again. <laughs> yeah,
1: I saw that. Right. Too.
0: And on like literally on the website, in bold, it says substance test warning. Bodybuilders and other athletes subjected to substance testing should never use this product unless first approved by the validating organisation. Product may cause a drug test result called false positive, urine or blood. Yeah. So, for, for, the, for, for. hmm. Yeah, I'm a top athlete and I want to know absolutely everything that's going into my body. Maybe I'll check their website. <laughs> now we have no idea if John Jones was on that substance we have no idea like that's completely fair enough but if the company has a disclaimer about one of their products on that and as you're saying the supplement industry is mental like what's to say that whatever John Jones was taking wasn't near this product or made in the same room as this product or maybe even used in the same containers to brew it you know and then like it could be that but for me this is like surely you're gonna sign a deal with a company Maybe John Jones is in this position that he's just been dropped by everyone, and now someone's looking to take him on. He's like, "Yeah, okay, no problem." Surely you have guys that are going to look that sort of stuff up and see that if one of their products gives this warning, maybe some of their products could give this warning. Yeah,
1: like if you're not leading this position, you have to take care of. You, you have, have to have, have know someone what's in your taking body. care of it. Yeah, you have to do it. Like it's it's just. I don't think it's an excuse. Even I don't. I don't, I don't think it's an excuse. You know. <laughs> Get, get, a, get a company that does it right. Like There's surely someone out there that does it right. Or Nutrition.com. Or Nutrition, exactly. Uh, but I suppose we'll move off to John Jones. as people a who f- actually fought. Busy week. I, no, the first one I want to talk about is Frankie Edgar and, and Jose Aldo. Um, go on, I, I'll let you talk about this first. How, how did you think that <laughs> went down? Uh, what did you think of that first? You are completely right. I was completely wrong. Frankie
0: Edgar... Maybe I'm maybe I'm caught on the hype, Sean. You know, maybe I'm one of the prodigal sons. Maybe I'm a believer. But I don't think that we're going to discredit that. I think Jose Aldo just looked absolutely brilliant. Unbelievable. So Aldo came out, and this was a new version of Aldo. It was. It, was, okay? it was brilliant. So I know you're going to wax lyrical. I know you've got gushing thoughts. But if I just drop it like it is... Jose Aldo fought like a man who'd been brutally knocked out in his last fight and is now conscious of the fact that it may happen again. And it's improved him as a fighter. So he was able to run through guys with a complete recklessness in his past because I've never been chin checked this isn't a damage I can fight careless and I can fight free and I'm a master technician and when I put those two things together I am an unstoppable beast then he lost to Connor. now he realizes that he is at an age in his career or he has been at a stage in his career where he's been knocked unconscious and I think this is fighters don't do this But Jose Aldo is now doing this. And whether it's his coach, because he really, really uh, laid all out to Andre Pellineris in the cage um, after his victory. Maybe this is something that has been fixed in training. It's like, Jose, you are technically superior to the majority of fighters in your division and probably the division above and below. So... Let's fight a little bit smarter and a little bit safer, so that doesn't happen to you again what happened in the last fight and it's not because we don't like it's not because you're not able to fight in that way anymore it's because you could get caught in the firefights that you've been in in the past so let's just work away from that and he did it excellently at the weekend. It was the first round he kept his his guard really high with his hands his right hand was really close to his Joe, I felt the whole time and maybe he was a little bit apprehensive of it but he still was able to do those fucking Jose Aldo flashes of brilliance the last 45 seconds of the round when he I think he unloaded with a leg kick, leg kick followed with a straight right and then another leg kick or maybe it was a straight right and a leg kick but the power and the venom that he threw them with was kind of a yo Frankie I'm still here I know I've been tentative in this first round but just so you know mate if you want to really throw it down I'm ready to throw it down at any stage it was a fantastic performance. Do you know how many leg kicks Jose ah, Aldo
1: threw in that whole fight? Tell me. I know you know. Three. What? Three leg kicks. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, remember what I said last week? Frankie Edgar to win, he needs to attack the... You know, there was, I said two things. He needs yeah. to either push, push him up, knock him out hard. or he needs, he needs to attack the leg kicks, right? And take him down from the leg kicks. And he needs to attack and counter the jab. Jose Aldo didn't leg kick and he didn't jab. He gave, gave took away... The two things where Frankie Edgar could win the fight, he just took them away. He took away the possibility. And it's like usually when like people are are looking at the fights, you know, they look what they can do against the opponent, right? But he looked at what the opponent could do against him, and he took away the things that might see him losing the fight. He just took them away, even though he did his best things. He's a brilliant jabber. And he's a brilliant leg kicker. And he just stopped doing them. And he, like, it, it was just uh, wizardry, really. It was brilliant. It, like, it, uh, you, nobody else could do that. He's just a great fighter. Like, he's one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Like, he's one of the greatest fighters to ever live. And, like, nobody, there's, I don't think there's anyone else could do that. Honestly, like, even Dimitri Shanson, I don't think he could do what Jose Alda did there. Like, he knows Frank Eager is a smaller man. He knows that he's faster than Frank Yeager. He knows that he's a better boxer than Frank Yeager. He knows that he's technically better than him. So he let Frank Yeager come on to him. He knows that he's defensively better as well, which you the point you made. And he just decided, look, I'm not going to get hit. Frank Yeager's not going <laughs> to hit me. And he said, he's not going to take me down either. He, uh, and All I'll I'll I could again, hear was your voice. All, All I could again, hear was your voice in he my head. the greatest takedown defence ever seen in MMA. And there's no, there's no one close second. You know, he got taken down that Mark Cormier fight. Since then, like, he's been taken up, but he just gets straight back up. You know, he is, he's the best ever at it. And, like, Frank Yeager, he, he just let Frankie come on to him. Frankie hit air and he countered him. You know, and he hit, him, he hit him with jabs on the counter, but he never led. I don't think he led once in that whole fight with a jab. But he hit him with, like, hooks, check hooks, hit him with straight right hand, straight down the, the pipe. He, he, you know, it was just brilliant. Attacked the body. Bloodied up Frankie's face, you know. The first, the first three rounds were, were relatively close because it, it, you know, it took him time to get his timing. But I think he he had won at least three of. I think he won four, possibly even five of those rounds. You know, I I gave Frankie the third because I thought he landed two big shots in Aldo, but it's it's a testament to how good Aldo is that nobody's even talking about Frankie. now you know, it's like he's been forgotten. Like Frankie was coming in this, people are saying he's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world and you know, frankie's a good fighter don't don't take it away but what jose aldo has over Frankie edgar is just he's better that's what it has over him he beat him the last time he's just a better fighter than him like frank edgar uh, like we spoke last week about i don't think he has moved on as much as people think he's moved on but i think what he did move on is his accuracy and I think his accuracy has gotten a lot better but Jose Aldo took that away from him as well he didn't let him be accurate he, just, you know, he, he, he was just so brilliant I, I honestly I think it's one of the best performances ever seen inside the Octagon. just absolutely brilliant full stop yeah, brilliant another thing as well here we go people are talking about Daniel Cormier I knew you weren't done people are talking about Daniel Cormier being the pound for pound number one fighter in the world with Jose Aldo and Jose, Jose Aldo's in the world, how could Frank Yager be, the, or um, uh, Daniel Cormier be the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? Like, do you think, uh, okay, pound-for-pound, is, oh, they're the same size, you know, they're the same skills. Do you think a fighter with Jose Aldo's skills against a fighter with Daniel Cormier's skills, do you think Daniel Cormier would be able to take Jose Aldo down? No. Not a hope. Do you think Daniel Cormier would be able to beat him on the feet? No. Do you think he'd be able to push him against the fence and keep him there? No. No. I don't either. So how could Daniel Carme be the pound for prime number one fighter in the world? I think Jose Aldo would destroy a fighter, like, and he has destroyed like Frank Frank Edgar. Maybe he's not as good of a wrestler as him, but I think he's a better boxer than Daniel Carme is, and he, you know, he's a better striker. You know, he's you know Daniel Carme is relatively short for the division. You he's not you know he's probably normal, so a little bit smaller than the other guys, and I think Jose Aldo is you know a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. I, I honestly, and I, it it makes McGregor's win as well just uh, you know unbelievable yeah. how, that he did that, that, man. that as well yeah. Yeah, and I can't wait for that rematch I honestly can't wait for it yeah, like, it's, uh, I hope it happens I don't, I don't know I don't think it'll ha- it probably won't happen but I hope it does
0: one quick point so we can come back to episode 77 in a couple of weeks time Sean you talking about Aldo changing the game in terms of taking away how the other guy could win and making sure it doesn't happen yeah right I think Conor McGregor is preparing for Nate Diaz in the same way. I don't think you're going to see McGregor throw a single kick in the Diaz fight. I think he's going to try and box him. But just to throw it, I think that's how he's going to win the fight.
1: Well, I don't know now, whether whether
0: Now, whether he wins it or not using that game plan, but I do think that Conor is just going to try and box. I don't think he's going to be throwing all these mad kicks. That's my theory. We'll elaborate on that further. I just wanted to throw it out that I do think... Um, It just, it stuck in my head, it it came into my head after you said about how Aldo took away an area how the other guy could win, and I was like, but now Aldo's the first guy to do it, you know, like, oh well, in a while, that made people stand up and think, yeah, or made you stand up and think, okay, he's just after completely, that's a complete total performance, Do you know what I mean, that's a dominating performance, and I think from there the card went a little bit downhill, are we going to work in reverse and talk about 200 and go back?
1: Yeah, we we'll, just a little couple of words on the undercard first. Sage Norcott and Enrique Marin, not a great fight. Sage didn't look great again. He looked okay. But uh was, you know, yes. good seeing back to him. I thought TJ Dillashaw looked excellent against Safael Austin, so just tuned him up for three rounds. Uh, Kelvin gast I thought Kelvin Gastelum looked good as well against Sean Hendricks Sean Hendricks missed weight again. Probably gonna be going to middleweight now unless he can get, you know I don't know, some better advice or some some shit like that. Um Juliana Pena. I said she beat Katsangana, She did beat Katsangana, Good performance as well. And the the, the fight pass cards as well. Lozan, Musasi Miller. All big first-round finishes. But uh, main event, the Cain uh, Velasquez as well, I suppose we mentioned here. My bet of the week comes up again. He knocks out Travis Brown in the first round. I, he did exactly what I thought he'd do, to be honest. Put him up against Vince and beat him. Um, but um, you, you had a few thoughts, did you, on the Sage-Narcot uh, submission? He's Amber.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people were saying about how... Much improved submission defense, blah blah blah. The same people that called him a quitter in the last one. I just think Enrique Martin bottled it, to be honest. I don't think it was much to do with Sage's. So Sage was sitting waiting for the tap from that armbar. And it wasn't until he started. Enrique put the armbar on wrong. Sage's palm was facing the ceiling. He didn't. He tried to do nothing to move Sage's thumb so it was facing up so he could properly extend the armbar then he changed it to one where he put say, he moved the arm to the side and tried to trap his arm over it but because Sage's shoulder was already so clear the legs Sage was able to get a bit of a bend in it and that's how he got the hitchhiker escape and got out but Sage up until that point Enrique nearly facilitated the escape By trying to adjust the submission, you know. So it wasn't that this armbar is fully on and Sage is screaming, writhing in pain, and he's able to hitchhike and get out. And he even said it in the post-fight interview that none of the submissions were really on, but he was sitting waiting for it to happen. He was lying on his back, waiting for the armbar to happen. And Enrique's own inability to finish it is what got Sage out. So I think there's like there still is a lot of work to do, but maybe Mm -hmm. that is a good sign that he's not happen or he isn't quitting completely and maybe it was just a little bit on so he knows he can fight out of it so there is an element to that as well but I do also think that joint locks are completely different from chokes and especially if Sage was ill in the way that he was then getting choked like that would have felt like it was a lot worse than it actually was so jury is still out for me on Sage Northcutt so I'm not uh, I'm not
1: completely sold yeah just the point on that as well like I think back when he fought Brian Barbarina the point I kind of made was that he kind of panicked in the in the submission more than anything. And I think at the weekend the great thing was he didn't panic. You know, as you said, you broke down very well there. Obviously you know better than me how the submission goes in and stuff. But you know it was it was fairly you know, he it was going towards being on looked like you know he looked like he was in a submission. You know, it mightn't have been, you know, perfectly timed, perfectly perfect technique and everything. But either was the one the last time, I don't think, you know, and yep. he panicked, you know, he had the strep throat and things, you know, it might have been a little bit in his head, but this time he didn't panic. You know, he knew, as you said, he did the right things to get out of it and everything, and he got out of it. So I think that's a good step forward. Like people criticize Sage an awful lot and you know, a lot of it is because of not jealousy, but like he's getting more things that other fighters aren't getting and maybe like people are thinking why why is he getting things but I think he's, you know, he's a good young lad trying his best, you know, trying to improve and I think he, he's definitely shown signs. Like he shows signs of improvement even in that Barbarina fight as well. It's just that the improvements are slow. You know, they're, he's not the best fighter in the world. He's not going to be that for a long while. He might never be that, you know, but he is, he's a good fighter. He's a good prospect and I think, you know, but a, a couple of, uh if he can stay in tri-star or, you know, if he can go somewhere else as well or, you know, whatever, under good tutelage, he's an unbelievable athlete. You know, and he's a, he's a tough guy. Like, you saw that at the weekend, you know, you have to have a bit of toughness about you to, to, to stay in a position like that. And I think, uh, you know, he might never be the best fighter in the world, but at least, you know. At least he'll try. He's anyway. He's trying his best. Can't fault him.
0: Do you know what my favourite part of the weekend was, Sean? Was well, actually, 100? I was robbed of my favourite part of the weekend. T-Mobile Arena, as I said, beautiful new arena, amazing sound system. You can imagine my disappointment when I did not hear Yeah, I was as well. I I was raging and I wasn't and I had deliberately walked down to be more in the arena, if you get me. So the press box is up the very top, highest seats in the house. Um, and it's a full like length of the wall thing really nice we were given food vouchers I was like okay I'm going to go down and stand in the concourse so I can hit, like, feel Brock's entrance and then enter Sandman come on wow. and I was like right I'm going for pizza <laughs>
1: that's a good song Like, that's a good entrance it still I, is but I, wasn't there yeah. rumours circulating that he was no, going to no, use no. it like, I was like oh no oh, I, so he's I back I knew there weren't that. I knew he wasn't I knew he wasn't because he keeps it very on Kayfabe when he's there Like, doesn't he I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, he is back, and I can't believe the performance he put in, to be honest. I actually, like, I, I was on the Mark Mark uh, Hunt boat, you know, to thought he was going to just knock Lesnar up. but as he said himself, he just couldn't get out of second gear, and I think that was because of Lesnar. I think uh, Patrick Wyman was talking about this, I haven't got a chance to listen to his podcast yet, but he was saying, you, know, you wouldn't mix him up with Klitschko, but he did an unbelievable job, and he did, I thought he, Brock Lesnar's hands looked very good. Like, to me, Brock Lesnar looked like a guy who retired five years ago and has been hitting a bag ever since, trying to keep fit. With the thoughts of like, oh, imagine if I yeah. box, you know, this exactly. is you know, just just kind of like. Didn't non-serious. you make that point last week? No, maybe. Oh,
0: I think. oh one one of us said just something like, maybe he's just still doing something to keep fit. Like, do you know what I mean? Maybe he has. Like, you don't just lose hitting a bag.
1: But there's something like, you know, I looked, his hands have improved. Like, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's like he, you know, just been keeping his hands sharper. He looked very good. Like, he looked like he had someone make a game plan for him or he made it himself. That was just to quell Mark Hunt, not let Mark Hunt get in and have a shot. Yeah. Stayed very defensively good. Kept his hands up and got that takedown when he needed to get it down. Like, the only, the only one time Mark Hunt I thought he was going to drop him was when... Mark was kind of pushed against the fence. And he and shot back. in and, and like, he hit him yeah. with an uppercut. And I, I jumped up off my seat. I was, oh, he has not he's gone. He, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought he
0: I was thought gone. I thought so too. As soon as I saw it, my your your voice just echoed through my head what this podcast could have been. When Brock, I just thought, Jesus, he's got a great bit of momentum here. No, Brock, no. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, it's going to end bad. Oh, wait, he took it. And he took him down. Like as you're saying it did look like he just so he was given the benefit of not knowing that he'd have to train a tap of wrestling for that fight do you know like just as long as he was able to come out and look good in his hands mark hunt's not going to try to take him down he's going to be the only one instigating any sort of takedowns in this fight so it gave him the time i think to be able to specifically work on that he also said something at his press conference that was along the lines of look i could only use to train for three days and then have to take five off and I could then only train for five uh, like for two days and then have to take a week off, yeah, so he's at a completely different stage in his life now where he's actually able to physically healthily train and just like put all of his time and energy into this. This is a scary prospect, do you know I don't care what people say. I was on this hype train i did think I did think he'd get a finish from the ground, and you could tell there were times that like okay, he is training in jiu Jitsu now under uh A guy called Comprito. He got his blue belt off him in the gi. Would
1: you take him?
0: I definitely would not want to draw him in the absolute division. (laughs) I'll say that. But there was just times that you could see a little bit of more technical grappling awareness about him when he was holding certain positions. He was setting up submissions completely he was looking for the head and arm choke at one stage. Hunt was defending it very well in the early stages. Brock couldn't progress it. He had his hand on the wrist as well, thinking about Americanas at different stages when he had got the top position. But ultimately, Brock Lesnar, as he alluded to in the press conference, he has always just been a bully. Do you know what I mean? And he liked being able to hold Mark Hunt down and punch him in certain positions. Yeah.
1: Like, the thing about Brock Lesnar is, well, uh, I don't think anyone doubted the fact that Brock Lesnar could come back and and beat guys in NDOC like not Im- like immediately like I th- uh, six weeks training and uh, after five years I thought no not a hope like if he had you know six months training and like he had a fight against you know he had a warmer fight then maybe it'd be a different story but like to do what he did he's just a phenom right like he is he's
0: he, he is got that unbelievable, from beating
1: like. the phenom yeah <laughs> exactly he took the he took the phenom away from him but he's just he's a freak like but the thing the thing about this is I'm not sure that Lesnar's going to keep doing this because he's a guy who doesn't like working, you know, he he, he doesn't like to be on the road, he doesn't like to be um, doing, you know, he likes to do the bare minimum, go home, you know, shoot some fucking buffaloes above in Canada and things like that. Like, is Brock Lesnar going to be working 20 weeks of the year for WWE and then training for two fights in the year? Is he going to be doing that? Like, I don't know if he's going to be doing that. Like, oh, say if he, you know, eight weeks for each, for each fight camp, then a couple of weeks preparation, you're talking about another, you know, you're getting up to nearly the whole year working there, like, whatever it is, you know, what, 20 weeks, you're going up to 40 weeks. Like, I don't think Brock Lesnar wants to work. That, that much time no, in the year
0: that's what his WWE contract was in the first place that's yeah. why everyone Rossini saying it's such a sweet deal but
1: Sean when you're getting paid 2.5 million flat for 15 yeah. minutes work yeah but still it's not just a 15 minutes work Yeah, And you know it's flying out to do ESPN then it's uh, doing a training camp for 8 or 10 weeks then it's flying in doing another 2 weeks you know or a week, a week and a half or whatever of uh, of. Um, media. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want to do you know things like that. Maybe they give him a sweetheart deal or something, and and uh, like they wouldn't like they refuse to give him McGregor and and he uh, you know doesn't have to do press conferences like that. But I don't know. I, I, he I doesn't have to do workouts. I can see yeah, exactly. I can see him doing one fight a year maybe, but I I don't know, I think two would be a little bit of a stretch for him, which is weird because then, you know, you can't push him into that that title so you can't make him the rock like know have him have him as a champion and he only shows up like three times in the whole fucking year as he's the champion. I've a, yeah, a different
0: opinion on that than you. Okay, uh, go on. I um, think Brock didn't want to be doing that sort of a schedule for the WWE because maybe I don't want to say it was his complete... He had lost his passion for it at the time because he wouldn't be doing it if he wasn't. But I do think now that he's in a position after fighting in the octagon ill, and he's obviously not a man that is adverse to hard work because he's done it throughout his career to get to this stage where he's now able to call the shots and just be like, do you know what, Vince? I'm actually not going to work that much. I'm still going to be the biggest star in your company and there's not really a lot you can do about it but pay me my money. So... But now he's at the stage when he is fit and healthy and able to do this graft and to do this work and the in, and the training camps and it's going to work for him and he's doing something that he likes doing because, as he said, he's a bully and he likes fighting people and he likes beating people up. Then I think we may see a different Brock Lesnar. I think we could see a, a change from maybe his WWE mindset and approach to work and now that it's like I'm getting paid to actually beat guys up. As opposed to being paid to be traveling the road, doing yeah. predetermined stuff every single night. This is for Brock Lesnar. This is more than just this is money. This is he's getting to express himself in the macho way that he thinks is the best way to express himself, and he's getting paid a shitload of money for it. Do yeah. You know whether that's right or wrong. Like fundamentally, I think Brock Lesnar's. You know, as a human, you know what I mean? He has, the, like, him him, and my mind, his, his mindset on the world and my mindset of the world are definitely two different things. I'm most certainly not a bully. You know, if anything, I was the closest one to being bullied. But, so fair enough, we're going to differ on that and maybe I'll disagree with him there, but fair play, let him do what he does and let him yeah, get paid for
1: it. Yeah, your point is all about not having to travel. Obviously, that's a huge thing as well, you know, when he's in training camp, obviously he's at home and stuff. But, yeah, I don't know just I don't know I still can't just see him doing that much of a pack schedule and the, the, another point is will the WWE let him like how, how often Brock are WWE does what go? Brock wants that's a good point that is a good point as well yeah. and I think they realise that because Brock has <laughs> Brock been in contract issues before <laughs> Brock doesn't mind taking it to court like you know but uh, like this might all go down the, the uh, you know the shitter, if Randy Arton fucking RKO's him. Yeah. One
0: RKO and it's all gone. And medically su- suspended for six months could be at in Madison Square Garden New Year's card. Then we're then we're really facing the shitter. Well, Not a bad start for the UFC zone. By the we're joking by the way. If anyone thinks yeah. that could happen, the
1: middle divisions are just a joke. Okay, uh, Amanda Tate uh, or Amanda Tate, Amanda yeah. Nunes. Against it, well, Richard it's our Tate.
0: new sitcom because the Romantum weights has been uh, bought. Uh, so I Amanda bought. Tate is the new thing that we're going to we're pitch
1: for. Amanda Nunes' girlfriend is a UFC fighter as well. Really? Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, oh fuck, I can't remember. But I think she, I don't think she's a bantamweight. I think she's a strawweight. So she's the first openly gay UFC champion ever. For and
0: poker. I had a lovely moment thinking about that the other night. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. Don't jump to conclusions because that sentence came out of my head wrong, and I immediately <laughs> it's realized so creepy,
1: it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so she kissed her on top of the cage, right? Yeah and I may be painting a broad generalization here of mixed martial arts fans and the fans in attendance, but I'd like to think a lot of them didn't know how to feel the other night because they were laughing and thinking it was the funniest thing in the world when Daniel Cormier and Anderson Silva were in a north-south position. So how they reacted to a gay couple kissing, but because they were females, they are probably like, oh yeah, women. But then it was kind of like, wait, we're supposed to hate this and then just not know where they were going with it completely fair like you can imagine being the first openly gay champion is an amazing thing okay it's brilliant that um it's brilliant that she felt comfortable enough to be able to come out in this society and in this world but to be able to share such an intimate moment with the person that she loves and fuck any sort of repercussions that may come for, from people and i don't care what people think i'm now the baddest woman in the world and i'll do whatever i want to me, that was like that was a nice thing, in a in a world of mixed martial arts where the lowest form of humor is often used. I just thought it was. Am I being completely? Oh, no, you're uh, right. Yeah. Am I right?
1: Fucking, yeah, you've idiots like Donald and coming out then, you know, and, yeah. and taking away from things like that. You know, yeah, I, uh, like, uh yeah, I, th- I, th- I did thought. You, I did you did it a bring teacher. a tear to the glass eye? Yeah I didn't see that now Until you actually said yeah, it Yeah give her a big kiss On t- she,
0: she scaled the octagon When she was up in the middle of it Your one came up And she leant down and she kissed her I don't know if it was on the broadcast I think it was Because I saw it on the screen But I I definitely saw it Um, I saw it in the arena And I was like This is Fucking brilliant Yeah
1: You know this else is brilliant Her performance Outstanding she, I said last week in the podcast, she's the most talented 135 pounder woman in the world, and she is. She just is like she it was out, of, as you say, outstanding. You know, her takedown defense is so good. She just hit Misha She with a huge shot down down the uh, down the pipe and broke her nose And I think it was done by then. You know that you'll probably be able to speak about it better than me. But the, that rear naked choke, you know, I don't think it was totally innocent. I think Misha Tate kind of just she was out of it. She didn't know what she was Oof. doing. You know, the, you know. It was just across her face, her nose was broken across her mouth, stopping her from breathing, you know. She, there's nothing she could do No, she could, she could go, and, you know, to do that to Misha Tate. It's Misha no Tate's mean, one yeah, of the exactly. toughest fighters, male or female, in the whole of the UFC. She, do you remember that for darnberg bar against Ronda Rousey? She had the arm nearly ripped off her before she tapped. Didn't like, she have it against, broken as
0: well in the other fight?
1: Yeah, look against Katzengano as well. She got absolutely... Batter with knees, her nose broken, and she kept fighting and was giving out about the stoppage at the end. Like, she is one of the toughest fighters ever, and Emmanuel Nunez destroyed her early. She, you know, and Nunez, I can't wax lyrical enough about how good Nunez, Nunez is. You know, I picked Tate to win because I thought Tate would be very defensive, and she tried to be defensive, but she got through it. And I thought she, you know, her, her power would tell, you know, in the, in the middle to late rounds. But Nunez didn't let her get there. She just absolutely, um, absolutely drove through her and it was great to see but uh, I suppose we can get to the fights today before as well just before we get to the questions you uh, Joanna sorry
0: sorry. can I say one thing about Tate and maybe right. it's retrospectively like that we do this looking back at fights and we think of what we say at the time so the occasion completely got to Misha Tate I think 100% being put into the main event number one she looked terrified walking out Sean she looked at like Big breaths, you know, like as if she was maybe taking it in, trying to tell herself in her head that this is your time, you're able to do this. But just as every step she took closer to the octagon, I was feeling less confident of Misha Tate winning that fight. And I think visually she showed it massively. And then in the fight, I think she showed it as well. We talk about, um, and this may be a little bit disrespectful towards her abilities, but Misha Tate winning the title is a champion in the sun moment. Do you know what I mean the star some people have those moments in their career where they get their day in the sun do you know like an, an underdog winning an FA Cup final but they're not coming back to defend their FA Cup next year do you know and they're not going to be in a final for another 10 years after that I think that, and whether Michael Bisbing could be that champion as well, if Uriah Faber ever won a title shot, you'd be like, this is the best part of his career, do you know what I mean? He should finish now. I'm not saying that Misha Tate is finished. She always keeps going. She always comes back from adversity, and she always fights again and does look better and improves. But to me, it was just, like, people were raising the question marks, like, well, if Holly fought her again, if Ronda fought her, fought her again, then it could be a different outcome. And I'm not saying that she wouldn't be able to beat Tate on an on another booking, on another card, on another night. But Tate just came out, brought the heat and took her opportunity and capitalised maybe on Misha's hesitancy because she couldn't really get a lot of stuff going for her you know in that first round and Nunez wouldn't let her and it was just a complete performance from uh, from Amanda I'm looking forward to her first title defense and I think in a division where we're not going to have that worry of a champion maybe having a one and done someone who's just improving with every single fight that she takes the main event on Friday night Joanna Jęcek completely put an exclamation mark on her performance against Claudia this was a fight that I think people scored quite close and Claudia had an excellent game like the first two rounds were Claudia's gas tank is what cost her, I think, an upset. Do you know what I mean? If she hadn't been able to keep going how she fought into the later rounds, then there was a chance that she could have squeaked that on the cards. But Joanna's toughness, Joanna's ability to know that she had her back up against the wall and to come out and put the performance... Like, don't get me wrong, she was doing well in the first two rounds, but when, like, Claudia just had certain things, I was talking about it in the arena to anyone who would listen and fucking Kane Velasquez actually used it the next night as well she trapped Joanna's leg on the ground in like a reverse triangle position over her thigh or just under her thigh that locked Joanna's leg there that stopped her from getting technical stand ups up against the cage and that's when Claudia did her most damage in that second round when she had her back up against the cage leg locked was landing strikes that I actually thought if it had gone on for a little bit longer we could see a bad we could see a stoppage here do you know Joanna was in trouble and Joanna rallied from that and absolutely put in in my opinion the best performance of her UFC career.
1: Yeah, it was really the mark of a champion I thought. You know, she two rounds down getting beat badly like I didn't think she and there was any way she get beat that badly by by Claudia Gadelia. But she did and and Gadelia obviously I I think there's been you know Gadelia gas and she did gas. I think we brought up those you know she's done that in the past before we brought that up last week but If you go back and look at that fight, and just look at how many times Ioannine Jacek punches her in the ribs, punches her in the stomach, even when she's on the bottom, when she's being pushed up, knees her in the clinch, in in the body. She knew, she knew that Claudia had cardio issues, and she knew, okay, I'm getting beat here but I'm working towards the later rounds, and I'm going yep. you know, she is not going to be Phenomenal. what she is now in later rounds. I thought that was so smart. You know, it was, it was really the mark of a champion to keep in it for the two rounds are down and then take over in the third and win it. You know, Claudia just kind of, she was finished in, in the third Then You know, once the third... Once Joanna won the third round, the fight was over. You know, you knew she wasn't come back. She did a little bit better in, in the fifth. Right, the, the, the fourth could have been a 10-8. Joanna put a lot of uh, a, a lot of strikes on her. Uh, but Claudia, look, Claudia looked good. Claudia didn't. You know, she didn't she look. She didn't look bad. But I think Joanna is just a, a different sort of uh, a different sort of beast, and I don't think. Uh, those cardio issues are always going to be huge for for Claudia. I you know I don't see her beating uh, beating Joanna again unless she can finish her in, in that situation. But Joanna's getting better every time. She's getting better all the time. Her submission defense. You know, you, uh, Claudia had her in in a few positions a few, a few times where. You know, she could if that was someone else, she probably would have finished him, she would have would have got the positions. But Joanna Joanna's constantly working to get her back into the fence and push up, it's, and it's something you don't see a lot of people doing. It's, it's actually amazing, but uh, yeah, I thought you know, I thought she was very good. And obviously, when she got onto her feet, she knew, um, she knew that uh, that, that she had her heart and she just kind of let loose, but uh, it, was, it wasn't the greatest card. Ever that one? Thursday's was much better. Yeah, you had the tough, tough finale fights and stuff. But yeah, Thursday Shut on. up, mom. Yeah, that was funny actually. Yeah, that was the one good part about it. <sighs> Talk to me about the women's final,
0: just very quickly. In that, I enjoyed that fight massively. Lovely Darce submission.
1: It was yeah. I always get the Dars and the Anaconda mixed up. Oh, was it an Anaconda? I know it was a Dars, but you have you the Dars. A darce starts the from the no,
0: other way around. Right, a around, a yeah. darse choke is the darse. Like, say, if you were on your side and my right yeah. arm came underneath both your shoulder and your neck through to the other side. That's was, a dars. An anaconda is when you hit it. Say, if you were in turtle and it was my left arm that went over your shoulder in beside your ear your right yeah. shoulder and then up towards my own right shoulder like coming said, up the your anaconda body
1: Anaconda's the one you can kind of roll with isn't it yes That's it is. yeah. exactly yeah you'll rather, roll over on the Anaconda to try to get you to roll and then hook their leg yeah it was, it was a good finish yeah it was, in fairness she, she got it on well I, I, like I've I thought Amanda Cooper was good. Amanda Cooper nearly knocked her out early. Uh, or, no, nearly submitted her, sorry, early. She's she's a good fighter. Uh, Tatiana Suarez is a good fighter as well. Two very big, you know, very big um, straw wets. Like, Amanda Cooper was very big against everyone on the show, and Tatiana Suarez is even bigger than her. I think she straight in goes in as a contender in that division. You know, very good. Uh, Will Brooks as well, must mention him. Will Not Brooks the best on performance fire. in the world. Uh, yeah, it was a good fight against Ross Pearson I think Ross Pearson rose up to the challenge but I expected Will Brooks to look a little bit better hopefully the next fight is a little bit better from him uh, UFC jitters again. mark uh, what of a about, future champion what about what about my boy Team Sheehan's Do Ho Chai the Korean superboy just blasting fools to death with, with fucking punches to the face. I what tell you, him? you
0: want to put a stop on Peter Carroll, he's going to try to claim him as his wonder boy uh, if you don't get nice him in the mind. way.
1: Uh, he, I already claimed it. It's already Twitter. <laughs> what about as well, uh, maybe you actually couldn't see it because you were watching their live, but Jake Matthews against Kevin Lee, uh, one of the most bizarre refereeing performances from Jason Herzog I've ever seen. Uh, Jake Matthews kind of got into kind of a turtle position and he was defending himself like he wasn't finished or anything, uh, and he got hit with a few few shots, and like immediately move, move, the referee, move, move, roaring at him like wh- why does he have to? Why does he have to move? Like he's defending himself. He, if he's not getting hit with shots, like why does he have to move? And he you know he he stopped it very very early. You know it was one of the most one of the worst referee performances. Jason Herzog, I thought he was a good referee a while back, but. You know, I I just don't think he's able for the top level, honestly. I I think he's a smart guy and everything. But I I was was thinking about this during the week, actually, there's two different sorts of referees, right? There's the referees who are very natural and have been doing it years. And kind of, you know, they naturally know what to do, kind of like Herb Dean, uh, John McCarthy. And then you have the guys that are stringent on rules, you know, know every rule to the exact... You know t have like ideas in the head or like Mark Goddard, I think he's kind of like that, just brilliant referees like that, and I think there's other people who are kind of stuck in between who are good on the rules and are kind of not natural at it and kind of dare to referees that you're kind of a bit worried about. And I think Jason Herzog is one of them. I think he's like a, a level referee and a, you know. I'm not his, I'm not his biggest fan. He, you know, maybe with a little bit more experience, uh, you know, he's been doing a long time, but maybe you need to do this a long long time to for, for your John McCarthy uh, Herb Dean level.
0: There was a, there was a Goddard moment as well actually. I th- I think it was on 200. It was in one of the fights. He made a point of pulling a fighter after the final round a better shot to the back of the head. And I was like you're not going to take a point <laughs> the fight's over the, like absolutely yeah. you you told him the same thing in the rules meeting <laughs> and he'll and he'll hear the same thing before his next fight as well so just like that card had like i think it was seven decisions so it was kind of a little bit of a an anti like if that had a had so if you had had that card on on Thursday then you had a had the Thursday card on on the Friday it would have got a nice a nice yeah. flow into UFC 200 because oh, on the first night awesome.
1: <laughs> what was it five submissions five in a submissions. row and you missed them didn't you well
0: I missed some of them because I had been coming back like that was the day of the Jones press conference so we were all there from half eight in the morning did all of that stuff did the weigh-ins then I had to go down to the IMAs. got the end of the IMAs. I think I got Dave Keane and Leah um, in an interview then so that was that was grand then straight back to the venue missed the first couple of fights and I realized when I got Wi-Fi and saw the results, I was like, ah, this would have been a perfect opportunity for me to talk about Jiu-Jitsu extensively on next week's podcast, and I was robbed of it. Thank God. Five okay, submissions in a row. <laughs> let's move on to the man, The man of, uh, I cannot thank him enough, Joseph Duffy. That's where I was as well, Sean. I was interviewing Joseph Duffy. Yeah.
1: You interviewed him to fight. yeah. Yeah,
0: he, I was there, like, that's, that's how busy Thursday was, he we were meant to get a quick interview the night before he had uh, left his phone in his room charging apologised when he came back and he's like look I'm free tomorrow from breakfast no problem something that he didn't touch on in the interview I forgot it, but we were talking about it afterwards best weight cut of his life Mm. that's like he is a massive fan he was one of the first guys to weigh in you know what I mean, and it was fantastic, able to win in in the morning, um, he was back up healthy, no problem, had done all of his, like, his intermittent meals and fluids and stuff like that by 3 o'clock that day, and he wouldn't have been on weight in the old system at that stage yet, they would have been sitting backstage, shivering, dehydrated, having to go on, pose for people, then go back onto a bus that brings them all back, and you're waiting for everyone to come back on the bus and stuff like that. This is a big change, and you're going to see much more impressive performances from fighters, I think, over the coming weeks and months and years when they're able to weigh in in that that situation, surely frustratedly enough, he admitted as well we were banging the money, Mitch Clark is parry a light had worked extensively, he was so happy that he had got he had broken down so much stuff with as a hobby in between his fight. A lot of training with St-Pierre, rounds upon rounds, at least two rounds of a, a sparring session. He said with St-Pierre he was working while he was over in TriStar. That's phenomenal experience. And then he has to go out and win in 25 seconds.
1: It was over fairly quick, wasn't it? Yeah, It was funny, I, I said it afterwards, he, he knocked the guy out and then he, he choked him and he still didn't get a, a, a bonus. that yeah. was, was a bit mad Bullshit. Yeah, just, it, there wasn't really much to say about it. <laughs> like, that's no, what happened. That's he, yeah. You can you can watch my
0: interview with Joseph Duffy 20 you could watch the fight 20 times and the fight would
1: still and my interview would still be on but he did that thing as well we were talking about it on the, the podcast there or was it even, so I think it was on the other podcast that he did you know he did his little shuffle you know his little pimp yeah. walk after, after he wins the, every time he does ah. it I love that it's like it. it's brilliant. 10 seconds of just yeah I'm the man and then it's no like, back to being Joe he's the most humble guy like I say he was on the MMA last week I was like he's just the nicest guy in the world but for that one second he turns into fucking Snoop Dogg like yeah someone <laughs> needs to tug life at. I love that Like it's, it's just brilliant but what a you know, what a performance he has that in him. You remember, he did it at Cage Warriors was it over in the London show. He, he knocked the guy out with a flying knee or something like yeah. that, didn't he? In like eight seconds or something. Um, he he has it in him like to do that early. He's just a he's a ferocious striker. And I, like I was writing about it last week that people are not used to how slick he is, you know, Mitch Clark didn't even see that punch coming, like, he just, you know, he kind of, I think, he threw a, maybe he threw one punch, or threw a fake before, and he Boom! just, hit it, you know, Overhand. right over his guard, knocked him down, and, and face plant, know, and a
0: beautiful was, uh, back take from Duffy as well, they spoke about the it, grappling influence that they're having, he said in the interview as well, they all work, since Pierre works with Danaher, and Danaher works with all of these, like, I think we're going to see, um, a massive resurgence of leg locks in mixed martial arts coming out of the fighters that are influenced by John Danaher at the moment. Sage Norcott went for one as well. You um, on, went up
1: the mount, is it to get to get the leg locks? Well, maybe
0: Northcote. not. Maybe not for MMA. Maybe not possum guard. Don't think we're going to see that debut in the octagon anytime soon. But Sage dropping for the what? Maybe. I don't know. The, the, the way that you have to set that up kind of involves putting your hands down by your side and then your Be face grand. is completely exposed. Your
1: face sounds getting punched
0: anyway. Fine, just fucking go into it. Take the impact out of it. You headbutt his fist. Um, and for a card that was so exciting with a lot of finishes, yeah. Uh, three split decisions that kind of didn't really capture the Although the Medeskian uh, Baghdad fight was good. Alan Juban and uh, Bilal Bilal Mohammed. a very exciting fight okay. I thoroughly enjoyed that but the decision that kind of left a sour taste in everyone's mouth we were all looking for the knockout Derek Lewis and Roy Nelson what do you think I thought Roy may have done enough to actually win that fight being a scumbag on the on the scorecards
1: I can't even remember what happened in the fight oh I well then remember, Derek Lewis was, was upset he didn't finish him yeah, yeah, I remember being kind of like how did Roy Nelson not win that fight like Roy Nelson was robbed of decision but I haven't I, won't lie, I haven't gone back and watched it and I watched like 112 fights after you're that, okay like you're, you're, you're completely
0: completely excused for <laughs> that one I'm not because it was it was a weekend where the either, if the fight went to a decision it had to be excellent yeah. to remember it and otherwise you'd remember the finish and that's what we got in the main event because Eddie Alvarez put a stamp on things
1: oh Jesus Jesus my God Jesus. Fuck Conor, know, fuck. fuck Conor McGregor. Fuck Conor McGregor. That was brilliant. ideas. Oh, it was hilarious. But, uh, do you know what I was doing when I was watching that fight?
0: Am I allowed to answer as if we're on a podcast or am I allowed to answer oh, as if we're I, off a podcast?
1: I was drinking something I got uh, from Tesco. That, that, Is that yeah. how you nearly died? No, no. It was, it was something else. I, I, you know, I couldn't drink alcohol because I nearly died, as I mentioned earlier. Couldn't So I had to drink something else. So I got, um, I got orange juice mm. and I was drinking it. What type? Orange juice? What do, what do you mean Muay was orange juice? Like? Tesco. Was, there, was, was Tesco. there pulp? Was it smooth? No, it was smooth juice. Yeah, it was freshly squeezed juice. I had it. But by the time the fight, the main event started, all my juice was gone. Aww. Oh. Yeah, so that was a bit sad.
0: So how's but that linked to what happened in the Alvarez I, fight?
1: I, wish, oh, I thought we were sorry. I thought we were for, forgetting. About, have we on fight left? Which fights have we left? Eddie Alvarez and Rafael oh, dos Angeles. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Dos do Anjos. Oh! What? What? What'd you say? I get Joss. it. Joss. It's Dosan and Joss. Or is it Yas? Doss I think it's Doss and oh, Ah, yeah, Sheehan. But, uh, Sheehan. That's yeah. your that's your greatest podcast moment. <laughs> Oos. <laughs> Plus one. Upvote. Upvote. Reddit. Upvote. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> no. But yeah. Uh, Eddie Alvarez came in. He looked good. He, uh... <laughs> he... <laughs> What? Yeah, he looked good. I agree with you. He did. You. I mean, Alvarez looked very, very good. He caught, he caught uh, Rafael with a beautiful right hand over the top of his defences. And uh, I like spoke about that as well the, the, when uh, when we were talking about Dos Anjos against uh, McGregor, that he's very liable to be countered. And, you know, he comes in with... You know, McGregor talked about it. I think John Cavan actually talked about it as well after the Don Stroni fight, that he comes in with a very low guard and gets countered over the top. Dasani- or, um, uh, Alvarez saw that, and uh, he hit him with just beautiful right hander and put him on queer street and you know that was that and the moment moments when he threw that flying knee you know it was it was oh stupid oh my god it was that not shows as as how the, but it was brilliant das Anios
0: was it was like, brilliant oh, that flying knee was just the best wasn't I'm there glad. wasn't there yeah. something uh, maybe you put it up on twitter or someone put it up on twitter somebody earlier on in the night was en route to win in a fight maybe it was Mehdi baghdad and did something absolutely stupid and it cost him the decision completely. I thought when Alvarez threw that knee, I was like, he's just lost himself this fight. I know it's the first round and I know Dos is hurt, but I didn't know Dos was as hurt as he was. The fact Dos Anjos couldn't capitalize on Eddie Alvarez landing on his ass... Off a oh, flying wrecked, knee. Like, uh, do you yeah, know what I mean? Side control, like Yeah, he, he gave up side control after a flying knee. And <laughs> yeah. Dos Anjos could do nothing on it. Dos Anjos, who is who uh, is world champion in jiu-jitsu and will submit Conor McGregor and this and that. Yes, he had his brain absolutely fried.
1: No, no, no. Andrew, when you get hit, you're still as good at jiu-jitsu. No, mm. you're not, Sean. You you're are. not. You are, not
0: You're not, Sean. You know, that's yeah. why, look, Conor McGregor's a white belt. Eddie Alvarez <laughs> Eddie Alvarez literally just disclaimer again side. by the way we're no. joking we're taking the piss here
1: massively so Dos Anjos had no Dos Anjos didn't know his name he no he thought he was in Brazil like on the beach having an old walk you know he didn't have a clue either. he didn't know where he was at all but credit to we Eddie Alvarez we shouldn't be like,
0: uh, <laughs> dramifying brain trauma there but yeah,
1: sorry yeah, we we'll take it back back uh, but yeah Eddie Alvarez like uh, <laughs> I, I thought he had a great chance of winning. Uh, I picked Dos Anjos, but I was 50-50 on it. Um, Sorry
0: about my Snapchats, by the way. I thought you were, I thought you were actually full Dos Anjos and, like, no, Andrew Alvarez has no chance.
1: told a lot of people to bet on Eddie Alvarez that his, his price was a joke. Like, I thought Dos Anjos would win because I thought Dos Anjos would do early to Eddie Alvarez what Eddie Alvarez did early to Dos Anjos, but he didn't. Um, but uh, you have to respect Eddie Alvarez. Like, I didn't think he should have got the title shot, to be honest, but fair play to him. You know, he's... For a guy who, you know, he calls himself the underground king, and that's really what he was. You know, he was champion of all the other organizations, beat champions of the other organizations, didn't get to the UFC for years. And when he did, like, it took him, what, like, two years, maybe only, like, one fight in two years. He went through court battles and everything to get to the UFC. So for a guy who's gone through that much, it's always good. And, like, hopefully he gets a big payday now out of this. But, you know, huge. The argumentative
0: uh, amongst us might even suggest that he won... In his first UFC victory, he won the title.
1: Mm, Gr- Graham I could say, that, "Yeah, yes. Graham was like he could be 4 and on his last couple, but he definitely lost that Pettis fight anyway. Hundred percent, you know he didn't. He did not win that fight, even though it was a kind of a, it was a weird, it was a weird fight. Uh, Gilbert Melendez fight. I thought he did win the Gilbert Melendez fight. I'm, fairness, I'm only yeah. joking. No, but your the point is the point is valid yeah. but. Anyway, let's get to the IMAPS. You were there, Andrew. Good week of fights, though. Good week for
0: um, Very good, I have to say. And my expectations of what it would be as an event were just were just that. Do you know what I mean? It was a fantastic thing to see Paul Redmond saying the coaching role along with Barry Oglesby. Just reveling in it. Like, you know, coming out fight after fight, win after win. Um, Pat McAllister and Rodney Moore for Team Northern Ireland as well. It was just, it was phenomenal. Next year, I think, is going to be even better. I have a couple of, like, so you saw a lot of the fights thanks to them being live streamed through uh, either Dave Fogarty's or I'm going to say his name wrong, Diarmido Buchla, Yeah, I, I actually asked him how to pronounce it over in Vegas as well, and he told me, and i have probably gotten it wrong again. But you guys at home were actually able to keep up to date with a lot of the fights and see them almost immediately as they were happening. So that was fantastic. Um, to me, the Irish performed very well, both north and south. Um, I think very few guys losing in the first round. Do you know, I think everyone got through. Um, I know Mickey Pereira from Team Torres did lose his first fight, but he had gotten two buys because one guy didn't make weight and another guy um, pulled out you know so that that was must have been incredibly frustrating he lost to the guy who won the bantamweight division on a split decision as well so it's like the irish are there thereabouts in every division aaron kennedy as well from the north lost to the winner of his division i know it is a bit of a bullshit excuse to say oh but i lost to the guy who won but e- either win or you're you got a good draw in a lot of these tournaments but it was just it was fantastic to see who from you what was your takeaway from it about who impressed, or who would you like to hear about in specifics?
1: Well, it was just on the Ogerty Def O'Grady trend. Like he illuminated the week for me, and you know, I was a bit of a disappointed week with all the with the climbing triangle things and on. Yeah, what about it? Uh, it wasn't fl- a look.
0: I'm taking it away
1: from him. Ta- was- it's it's no more flying triangle. It was a climbing triangle. He he flew first, and then he kind of fell down, and he climbed. I think, I think it was a flying climbing triangle. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. Of, there was an element of flight about it. There was it. a bit of flying. There was a, he, he took flight. Dev definitely took flight. But that interview that you did with him, it made, I don't think I've ever been as happy in my whole life watching that. Me interview. neither. I've never no. been as happy doing <laughs> an
0: interview, Sean, to be honest. I was absolutely... Because he's been annoying us for so long about getting an interview. <laughs> the man behind the lens. And now I'm like, fuck's sake, there's actually a reason for me to interview him. And I'm going to have to do it. And it was just... He is, uh, for a guy who was one-on-one before the tournament, to get to the finals of the World Championships like that, Barry Oglesby put up a great point on his Facebook page. If you are not fully behind these IMMAF rule sets in Ireland, then please just get out now, because you're not not seeing the bigger picture. He didn't say that, I'm saying that. You're not seeing the bigger picture of how progressive these rule sets are. Nathan Kelly got five fights in five days. To get that sort of experience on your record in Ireland up to this point would have taken about 18 months. Yeah, that's the way we should be doing. This, it like. this is fantastic, yeah. Matthew Sheehan, who won, who became a world champion for Ireland. Hopefully, going to get an interview with him this week. Had five fights in five days and hadn't fought in four years. Do you know what I mean? I believe he was zero one going into it, Sean. Do you know? Like this is just phenomenal for the fighters. You know, to be able to, and it's a different experience. Sean, that gets you ready. Do you know what I mean? Imagine having to, w- waking up, make weight again, knowing that you're hurt, knowing that you're sore, and still fighting through. Dave Fogarty shouldn't have fought in a second fight. There's absolutely no way he should have got medically cleared if you had have seen his elbow after his first fight. It was completely swollen, completely, like, huge. He spent two days icing it, and he got it down to be able to, how he even still fought that second fight, let alone won the second fight. I thought, happy days, I'm gonna have a photographer for the three UFC events when Dave Fogarty was walking into his second match. Do you know, it was unbelievable how he was able to win, and that's a mental toughness to be able to get yourself through that. Do you know what I mean? And then look so competitive in the final. Do you know what I mean? I thought the stoppage was a little bit iffy, but though fair enough, it's amateur. I'm not gonna complain over that. A couple of shots to the back of the head on Dave beforehand. He was in a dominant position in the final. Um, there's no part of me that's thinking he's not going to go to the Europeans later on this year and win the whole thing or come back to July next year and become a world champion because that was uh, an amazing performance notable standouts as well Hughie O'Rourke had a a couple of good fights the one that he lost was a little bit disappointing but his uh, armbar victory in the first was a thing of beauty Oundrum Ghoul and Nathan Kenna unfortunately having to fight each other uh, in the semifinals. But also two UK guys had to fight each other in their semifinals. It was a problem with the My Next Match software, according to Dave Allen. It will never happen again. It's been rectified. Um, Nathan Kelly getting to the finals as well. Coming up against a really good guy called Youssef from the UK, who's definitely one to look out for. Um, Nathan getting to the final and fighting as well as he did was absolutely amazing. Uh, Liam McCourt winning gold. All fights, I think, lasted under a total time of five minutes, three finishes, um, European, now world champion. But this is the one thing I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see people thinking that they've won the world championships then to go pro. Do you know what I mean? Leah should try to win that again next year and then turn pro and be a dominant force. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there should be pressure on people to be like, okay, now you're going pro. So that's that's my only one takeaway from it is I hope we don't see guys maybe rush into the pro ranks because they've done done well. I'd say, at these tournaments. But aside from that, an absolutely tremendous week. podium McGee, Pythagoras, I told you that he'd do it. I told you he'd get the triangle. Got he got the, he yeah, he got it in his first fight. Yes. Um, so, I have one thing, though, Sean, that I want to say before we get on to questions. Go on. I think that it was... I I felt very proud to be there and to watch all of these guys fight. Having seen some of their first amateur fights and then competing and winning winning in the world championships was something was more beautiful than Amanda Nunez's embracing her her partner after the fight. But it can be better. The guys will will be better. They will do better next year. But they need more support. And I'm not saying that you need people to be cheering for them. This. If, as we were saying about becoming a world champion, you need to just focus everything into do. It. Even for fighting, your full attention needs to be on fighting. These guys had to raise money themselves, get extra hours in their work, get second jobs, like organize fundraisers, organize raffles, fun days out, and I that didn't sit well with me at all. As someone who has gone through a similar path of working horrible hours and maybe being unhappy with what you're doing during periods in terms of your work, but you're doing it for a greater cause, so you know that you're going to be able to, go, for me, go, be able to go and cover these events. These guys were fighting for the opportunity to become world champions, and I think it's a disgrace that they had to be able to pay for it. And from here on out, like, this is a suggestion that I think should happen. Fair enough, promoters are having to output a lot of money as it is, and now even more money for medical expenses. But your amateur fighters that are fighting on your cards where you're charging 25 or 30 euros or pounds for a ticket, they should be. some of that money should be put into the governing bodies to at least subsidize some of the costs for the amateurs. I'm not saying that every amateur and a coach should be fully paid to go to Las Vegas for World Championships, but I think being able to take some of the hit away from the fighters would be a massive, massive benefit for them. And, like, that's just me saying it. A promoter can go tell me to fuck off. No hassle. I already put this much money in. But I think if you're... If guys are expensing their health and they're fighting on your card for free, then there should be something going back to them in the long term. Failing that, the UAMMA and the IAMMA could organise tournaments like jiu-jitsu tournaments, like the way that we're going to see the fights going now. Guys fighting MMA fights, amateur fights, on a mat, in a hall, lovely, back to the MMA style, but in a safer, more progressive rule set. Then... There's no reason why that couldn't be set up. The guys get paid for their work, and then all all the other money invested straight in to the fighters. Do you know what I mean? I think Ireland could easily send maybe not so much the north, but it probably could the north could definitely send a full team. I think the South could send two full teams. Do you know what I mean? I think you could you could easily no that I'm being unfair. The North and the South could both send. Two squads, which you're allowed to do. Two people from each nation. And that's what I would like to see the country work towards next year. But that's do you think I'm talking shit? Is that okay?
1: Yeah.
0: Where do you disagree? I,
1: I, no, I don't disagree either, but I like The promoter is not your friend. No. I don't think this is to be all an end all for a lot of people. Like it, you know, it's it's huge obviously for all the people that went and stuff, but I think you know, it, <laughs> it's I I don't know it's not like it's not like the boxing world championships or the boxing Olympics or something like that I think this is it's like a tournament thing and like if you want to go to it fair enough but I'm sure there's some amateurs that are really good they didn't go to it as well and yeah I couldn't you know, afford it choosing, or different you know, stuff you know, 100% yeah it, like it, it's tough enough. like the, the, ideally what you want here is you want the Irish uh, like say the IMA or like with Sport Ireland you know when it gets recognised to run a tournament and like you you know you have the best the four best flyweights in, in Ireland and they all fight in amateur fights and you get one and you send that one and then Brilliant. you know yeah, they you know they get their hotel they get their flights paid for they get you know a team tracksuit and everything and they get a week over there and to fight for Ireland like that's that's the way I think it should be done if it could do it but obviously that's going to be tough to do because <clears throat> for the meantime maybe in three years time when the sport is is under the Irish government body but on t- going to be hard to change it and it's you know there's some way you can everyone comes together and you know put, you know puts in a little bit and, and uh, can make money that yeah, way but 100% you know.
0: and just as we get on to the questions now before you tell us about OS um the one final thing about that is I would love to see like this is the start I think what the IMMAF are doing and you know I criticize people a lot of the times and I have given them shit in the past It was very well run last week. It was very well organised. The referees maybe a little bit for amateur fights. I was like, they heard the 10 second clap and it's like, okay, the fight's going to be over in 10 seconds anyway. I can allow this fight to continue. Absolutely not. A couple of shocking calls that I witnessed personally and I was just thinking like, that guy just took far too much damage and then an inevitable finish happened at the start of the next round. So there was that too. Fair enough. You're standing there. The referees are refing one end of the day to the other. You know, I'm sure it's a lot different than having to just referee a UFC fight or an MMA fight when you're alternating refs. So, there is that. But, uh, losing my train of thought, On IMAF, World Championships, next year, progress. Oh yeah, this is the early steps, I believe, for them trying to get MMA as an Olympic sport. To have a unified rule set throughout the world where this could one day become an amateur Olympic sport. And if you think about it from that point of view, then this is the best thing to happen for the sport because we could be producing future Olympic champions in mixed martial arts as well as future world champions. And that's a great proving ground for them to then go on and kickstart their pro careers. And if it does happen, I can guarantee you this, the first Irish person to win an Olympic gold medal in mixed martial arts hasn't even started training the sport yet. Do you know that's it, do you know it is it is a bit of a pipe dream it is a far away but if they are working towards that then it needs to be put in place now for the next generation that haven't even put on their first set of gloves or put on their first ski
1: maybe haven't even been born maybe mm. who knows and that's every only every 4 years like it could might happen for you know 16 20 years there you uh, go Maybe I never thought all right, of like that questions me, pull uh, up? tell me about Oros Nutrition and tell me well, where our t-shirts are yes. uh, you can get our t-shirts first of all over uh, s- is it scramble what's it um, called So
0: scramble our, our they, they produced at Scramblestuff.com. check yeah. them out for a great nogi and jiu jitsu line range I fully endorse their training gear I have a lot of their training gear it's excellent stuff and I look sexy in it so there's not much more than that um, and I'm sorry Sean just correct me on this now because I'm working on it was that the first time I spoke about myself on the podcast?
1: <laughs> it was. No, it was alright. It was okay.
0: It was okay, so I'm at. Uh, well, I wasn't joking, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's purely a joke, a bad, bad joke.
0: Um, but aside, aside from that, um, some people have their T shirts. Thank you very much for the orders. Um. Those that I didn't get sent out before Vegas, they're already packed and they're going in the morning. So as you're listening to this, they're already in the post. Anyone that's got on to me while I was in Vegas, I'll be getting back to you tonight. We are running down on sizes now of certain colors and sizes. So if you send us a message on the Severe on Podcast account... I can come back tell you if it's available and then I can send you on the link for payment and we get them out within the next day. People are getting next day delivery here Sean. This is uh this is the operation we're running at the moment. You tell them about ROS. I'm heading over to the like page to look at our questions.
1: Yes, ROS Nutrition are our, our good sponsors, brilliant. Please support them. Please please do support them. They help us keep the lights on, you know. We're, we're trying to bring this to the next level you know our sound is good now and stuff but we, we can always improve there's, you know, there's little bits of things we can improve and we need it. ROS gives us great help so go on over to ROSnutrition.com uh, use the promo code Severe MMA and you can get 25% off your first order with, with those guys over there they have supplements uh, whey, whey protein you know all different types of protein vitamin D uh, you know krill oil all that good stuff ROSnutrition.com off your first order with the promo code SEVERE MMA. Andrew McGahan. Also. Have you a question? Yes.
0: I have one more thing as a state of address. If you're listening to this and you think this podcast is shit, you can confidentially email MMASEVERE (laughs) at gmail.com. That's Graham, right? So we won't know. If Sean does something, if I do something, because fair enough, we've been calling a couple of things and they're being changed. And this podcast is going to continue to grow as exponentially as it has to a wider and more varied audience. And we're looking forward to that massively over the weeks and months that are coming. But please feel free. Yeah, fair enough. You don't want to be a troll on Twitter. You don't want to be this or that. But if like one thing that I am consciously going to change now, Sean, I used, to, I used to use the word obviously a lot. And genuinely.
1: That's hard though. That's, that's a tick
0: word But more than obviously a, yeah. is a word that really stuck in my head a lot over the week. From the multiple press conferences. From just the word obviously in general. It's, you're talking down to someone. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not well, obvious. Uh, uh, it's, I say and, it, I and, don't. I, yeah, it. I know. But just listening to so many journalists say like, obviously. that it's like, well, no, it's not. Like, stop being a dick. Like, you're in a privileged position. You're You cover fights for a living. You're interested in fights. Like, that's that's your you're, it's supposed to be obvious to you but don't it's not obvious to other people and yeah. it's something that i've learned from jiu-jitsu having to coach jiu-jitsu now to beginners it's like okay i can understand it but other people can't and i want to get people to the stage where they can also understand it as well it's kind of what we do in the questions here you ask us questions we answer them so unless you're you have a point course. i was going to say the first question
1: no, go on, go a question.
0: Farrell Connolly wants to know how fucking Mr. Podges be raging two days before uh the first. he was he, he's normally always first.
1: Farrell Connolly's in there as well though. Farrell Connolly's always up He's there always the on the
0: ball. How on do you see ball. Norman Park and Decky Dalton fight playing out in October at Cage Andrew? Legacy and Drada? That
1: one's for you.
0: That one is for me. To be honest, I am sceptical of whether it would happen. I think Norman is fighting beforehand. You don't know if he's gonna get hurt before then or have to pull out of the fight. Um Decky
1: is De- does Decky De- train with you.
0: No, Decky trains um in Belfast. I'm not too sure where he's training at the moment. He's training with different people, I know that. But like I do believe Decky will bring him a good scrap, but maybe for the level of Norman Park and Decky Dalton's ability and heart compared to like maybe the last fight, I know it didn't really go his way, but it's definitely gonna be an interesting one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule out Decky Dalton somehow being able to shock the world. Mm but I think Norman Park is on a hunt to get back into the UFC and he's more, like he's taking fights left, right and centre here. He has a busy 2016 plan and he's putting in the work in advance. So he's looking to get back to the big stage and he's going to do it any way possible. So that's my take on it. But, Sean, we've surely been asked this a thousand times by now. Is John Jones done and what does his legacy look like? That's from Mr. Podge.
1: Well, it all depends on this test, obviously. I don't think he's done either way, but if this test comes back, comes back a positive. Say if he admits it, or if he's proven to have have taken a drug, that that tarnishes his legacy, no doubt about it. You know, you you remember people like look at Thierry Henry for that hand, but that handball tarnishes his legacy, and that, that you know you're just you're a cheater like you're just you not know, to me you're branded but it does oh, come on you're
0: branded I still love Thierry Henry after yeah, that yeah
1: but his legacy has changed because of that you know guys taking drugs and stuff like that you know it tarnishes their legacy and we'll see like whether it's proven or not and you know it might be but yeah I suppose it's. Uh, we'll see how it goes
0: Henry, ha- Henry wasn't allowed to coach the Arsenal under 18s Wenger wouldn't let him because he wouldn't give up his Sky commitments yeah. so there you go Sheehan's uh-huh. Tatos with the worst username on Twitter wants Hero. to know uh, what are the reasons so many more titles are changing in the last couple of years compared to the years before that we spoke about it I think a lot of divisions are in transition uh,
1: yeah sorry I,
0: I, I was looking at the next question I thought you'd take over a little sorry, bit quicker yeah, than I that it's okay on my
1: phone. Um, I don't know to be honest I think the first thing that comes to my head whether it's right or wrong I haven't thought about it but the first thing that comes to my head is there's just a lot more high-level fighters in the world. I think maybe that's it. Like, look at lightweight. Like oh, Eddie Alvarez. Like I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought he could become a champion in the UFC. But he's an unbelievably good fighter. Like, and he's one kind of, oh, you write right off on, oh, maybe he can't become a champion. You know, how many good fighters are there in the UFC? Like, it's it's actually unbelievable. The level of fighters, maybe sometimes we don't think of it, or maybe, like, we think of it, oh, he's not as good as other people. But Like, look, even the likes of Chad Mendes never became, a, you know, a champion. Frank Edgar, you know, third best, f- uh, Federer in the world. Like, that's, you know, that's unbelievable. There's just so many. Look, look at lightweight. Alvarez, Nurmagomedov, Dos Anjos, Ferguson, Diaz, Cerrone, Barbosa, Pettis, Poria, Piazza, Johnson, Darius, Brooks, Ayagwinta. My God. 13 absolute fucking 14 monsters. Monsters. And you, yeah, you add in uh, McGregor and you probably add in another 10 or 15 guys onto that. You know, madness.
0: Crazy. Neil Siri wants to know why did Reds are dressed like Alf and John all weekend? Uh,
1: <laughs> he did not fairness, didn't he? he? What was he doing?
0: He was, was looking... Luck- Sean, I am, as you know, professional in my attire when I need to be. But every other moment in Las Vegas, I had shorts and a, one of my three tank tops on. I was getting that vitamin D. Although I'm getting it from my ORS capsules. Is vitamin D in the sun? Yeah. Yeah, I was... I was stocking up on that now big time any Irish person that goes to Vegas if you're not embracing the sun as much as you can fair play to Reds or he flaunted it no but I don't know there
1: was, was the t-shirts like fair play to he's like he's looking a bit like El Chapo going around he there he looks well, more intimidating
0: I, than I do in a tank top that's he, for sure he, he'd hate you Reds would kill you he definitely would and he has in the past it's not fun um, Dan's Nobley wants to know will the sale of the UFC could this mean an end to the blackouts on Fight Pass <laughs> Maybe after renegotiations. Do you know way some fights aren't shown in certain places? I don't know. Probably no. not. TV deals are TV deals. Yeah. Andy Cowan wants to know, what's next for Duffy? Is Francisco Trinaldo a step too far?
1: No, I think that'd be okay. I think that'd be okay. I think... Uh, we said it... Uh, I said it on the other podcast. I think that we... You know... We don't want Duffy giving too much of a big step. I think he already got that big step against Bury, and now it's time to, you know, three or four fights. Um, maybe not three or four fights, but a few more fights. You know, maybe lower kind of level guys, Mitch Clark, a little bit higher than him. I think Trinaldo is a good move. I don't think Trinaldo is the best fighter in the world. I think that'd be a, you know that'd be a good even fight. Yeah, I think Duffy would probably win as well.
0: And two potential future matchups: one from Dan Nobly and another from Ian Thornton. Thoughts on Do how Do Ho, Ho Choi? Versus Jeremy Stevens or Max Holloway. Future fights uh, are there yeah. wood Yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, do I, I'm still the, the jury's a little bit out. Do I try is like he just has as far as I have he got the touch of death in his hands he just hits you and you just fall you know I'd, I'd love to see Stevens I think he could probably beat Stevens right now although Stevens is a tough guy as well uh, Holloway I think Holloway is probably in a, you know different uh, another level to him at the moment but you never know in a few years he could be, uh, not, could be up there not
0: wanting to jump to racial stereotypes here Sean but that episode of the Simpsons springs to mind where Homer was disappointed of being dragged out from the front door because the Asian guy hadn't done anything yet and when he did you knew it was going to be cool you're not a Simpsons yeah. fan aren't you not
1: I am a Simpsons fan but I don't I, like I've seen every Simpsons episode I'd say but I just don't have the encyclopedic mind that you have for it
0: okay fair enough Calvin Farrell wants to know would the UFC better be enough paying DC and leaving him versus Silva off the card for the sake of momentum or because it was pretty obvious what his game plan would be
1: revisionist history Everyone's probably thinking he's going to run through Anderson. Like, no, I, I disagree. With
0: him. Shane Kylie says now that he's proved how legit his ground game is. When will the UFC be giving Sage Northcutt his shot at Khabib?
1: Give him uh, Khabib Eddie Alvarez. That's <laughs> what he needs to be fighting. Put him in there immediately.
0: Um, here's a good one for you. Is it disrespectful? to hunt that he had to walk out first against an unranked yeah. Lesnar wait a minute Stan Avana, thanks for your question I just need to go count this incredible pile of money that Brock Lesnar just brought the UFC in last weekend but well, it was bullshit
1: I don't yeah it was bullshit bullshit
0: that's my opinion there you go John Harker wants to know following 199 an in international fight week who would be your uh, I'm not going to say main card for UFC New York as he wants because we're under time main event and is it too soon for East Coast Alvarez and Frankie you answer that one um, I think Conor McGregor and Frankie Edgar will end up main eventing UFC 205 in Frankie Madison Edgar? Square Garden not Frankie Edgar Jose Aldo Aldo sorry the next question that I was reading had uh, Frankie Edgar in it but either way Keno O'Connell or what do you think Is, will Alvarez be on the card too mm, no, no I don't
1: think so unless he's fighting McGregor
0: Keno O'Connell wants to know how do you see Dana's role changing under the new ownership will his angry outbursts of it be a thing of the past now less interviews well to be fair I think there'll be more yeah, because now they have gone. Like you could argue that then it was cooling down ahead of a potential sale. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Now he can just go nuts. Do you know, but he has been doing less interviews. He has a st- strange relationship with the media, as it is at the moment. But and his angry outbursts, to be fair, are a thing of the past. He's no longer recording video blogs and abusing people. So there's that too. Um, Aaron Cullen would like to know: Do you think Brock could beat anyone inside of the top five? Do you
1: think Brock could beat anyone? Uh couldn't beat Kane I don't think
0: Junior he could could,
1: could beat Junior Uh, he could beat Stipe but I don't think he'd beat Stipe
0: it's crazy how you could say Uh. that he could beat the champion but he'd have no hope of beating Kane and I agree with you I'm just saying that's mixed martial arts do
1: you know who I'd love to see him fight? Verdum imagine Verdum on the bottom against Brock yes That'd be fucking brilliant Book it Madison Square mm. Book it Because they they both want it In the same place Like that'd be the best Because we're doing We'd be like getting touched And go down in his back Jumping down like fucking Luis Suarez And he's diving around the place there Trying you to go. get Brock on top of him uh, Park Foran wants to know
0: Where does um, Where does all of this Now leave Holloway Would you like the potential bet against Edgar I think he's answered His question with that
1: I don't mm, uh, I don't think so Good test I don't think McGregor's gonna fight I don't think McGregor's gonna go back down I think it's going to be. Um, uh, I think it's going to be Holloway against Aldo. Oh my god, that would be fantastic! Mm-hmm. Sign
0: me up. Ten out of ten. James Murren wants to know when does the UFC come knocking for Paddy Pimlet? How good can uh, this kid be? What a fight at be, the know? weekend! He
1: missed. He missed. The way I thought I was the only thing, but it was still a good performance. And you know, I, I'd say he'll be in the UFC soon. Honest, yeah, uh, you know, maybe one more fight and then in the OC. Sean, we have two quick ones before we go. Kieran
0: Stapleton said, Should they give Joseph Duffy a fight with Ross Pearson next?
1: That'd be good as well. I definitely I think, yeah.
0: would watch that. Actually, we got one from uh, Jack Durgis. We'll get to that to finish off. Oh, yes, yes. A yes. kind of a, a double question here from Keith Kavanagh because he said, Anyone in mind for a possible Yogurt Bama match? Because the most recent question we got in was from our very own. Uh, Yogurdy Dave Fogarty Who would you like To see me fight On hashtag Bama <laughs> He's really re- re- yeah. Look If you're on Reddit Go there and upvote him Dave Fogarty's yeah. Ventured onto Reddit. Reddit He's looking to get On the uh on the Bama card to open the show so then he can go to work afterwards and start taking pictures of the rest of the fights yeah. I have come even on, offered to fill in I will take the pictures for Dave's fight for any his fly uh, any, any flyweights fly in, in Ireland make yourself known get on to you, Bama yeah. you're going to get to fight in the three arena look exactly. I'm not going to lie you're going to lose but you're still going to get to fight in the three arena come on, st- why not up, take, take it
1: don't be scared homie don't be scared homie Dave um, Ogrety is out there looking to bust heads come on stand up and take it
0: it's there for you lads send a tweet to us we'll retweet every tweet send it to Bama let them know post on their Facebook groups post on Facebook you're the man that's willing to step into the octagon against Yority, Dave Fogarty and Bama in September Sean we have one last yeah. one I think before we go
1: couple of questions yeah from Jack Dorges uh, he asks about weekly cards what do you, people talk about you know there's too many they're not main card quality fighters competing in the cards what do you think of these kind of weekly cards
0: I actually would be in favor of them as long as people got in line with the fact that the UFC were looking to branch out of being, oh, this is the best fighters of the world. Do you know what I mean? In theory, the UFC could run an event every week and people, like, fair enough, just don't watch it. Strikeforce did it with Strikeforce challengers. Strikeforce had amateurs on their cards. There's no reason that you couldn't have low-level pros being able to fight under the UFC banner. And if they're crap, cut them do one fight deals. There's enough fighters in the world of mixed martial arts and if the sport grows this way under the owners then who knows it could be a very realistic thing in the future.
1: A mm-hmm. uh, couple more from him. Josie Aldo versus Conor McGregor to How do you think that goes? Um,
0: I think we spoke about it a little bit earlier on. It absolutely has to happen. I would love to see Aldo fight like he did against Edgar against McGregor over the course of four or five rounds. It would be a phenomenal fight. Do I think Conor still can win it? I think he's Mentally, he's too good for Aldo. Do you know what I mean? I think that was a massive part of the first fight. He did get into Aldo's head so much, so I think that would come down to the main thing. Do you think I'm talking Brown? No, no. I'm not
1: giving. I'm not giving my pick for that now. We, we, we'll get closer. We'll get a few clicks out of that pick. Oh, Sheehan revolts, but uh, it's not a foregone conclusion. Uh, okay, and the last question he asked about uh, Kelvin Gastelum. What are the factors holding him back from being a champion in that division? I don't think there are any fighting Not at the moment. Only the weight, maybe. If he can keep making the weight, but he's a very good fighter. Like he's not. He, he's a he's a funny type of athlete because he's athletic, but he doesn't look athletic. You know. Yeah. He's, he's Hendricks is shot
0: though as well after that weekend. Yeah, he's
1: you know his hands are very good. He's a good wrestler, good takedown defense usually. Um, but yeah, I, I think he just. Little bits of improvements. If he, I think he went through a phase there last year, maybe where he didn't, he kind of stopped improving. But I think this, this is a big win for him now. And I think uh, if he can, you know, keep up little improvements by, you know, day by day, one by one, I think in, you know, next year maybe he could be getting on, maybe fighting for a title shot. But if Wanderby's there, obviously, he's not going to win.
0: UFC 300 main event is going to be Calvin Gaslam versus Tom Breeze in a super fight two champions meeting each other it's going to happen maybe not UFC 300 it may happen whatever throwing it out there what
1: you say there Kelvin Gastelum Kelvin Gastelum
0: will fight Tom Breeze maybe champion versus champion super fight
1: they're the same weight
0: oh yeah no never mind I was imagining (laughs) for some reason in my head I imagined well sorry Sean I'm actually a couple of steps ahead here you know the way I do that Kelvin 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 Gastelum was was the champion and then he goes up to fight and wins the title at 185 that's how it's going, I'm afraid. So sorry about that. Sorry for bus- yeah. bursting your bubble there.
1: I'm just looking at the pound for pound rankings here. Jose L does blow Daniel Garmia. Get on to them. Fucking idiots.
0: Well, they're submitted by the people that do the rankings as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, fucking so idiots. fucking idiots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, sorry for keeping you all a little bit longer, especially Mister. Sh- his dinner's downstairs. He has to go. It's getting cold. Thank you very much, as always, for tuning in to the Severe MMA podcast. If we didn't get to your question this week, I'm sorry. Send another one; we will get to it next week. We're running a tighter ship. Schedules are going in the usual stuff. We're being bullied. We're being externally outsourced and controlled. Unfortunately, we're uh, we're being shackled by the
1: man, Sean. There might be another podcast this week. Yes, hopefully, no, hopefully
0: our guest will will be able to get him back, reel him back in. Him wrangle. or her? Him or, or her? Yeah, sorry, we don't want to give it away. God. <laughs> People are going to be pissed now when we have Ronda Rousey on the podcast this <laughs> week after we said it was a hymn for so long. Yeah. But uh, as always, send your quiet He's at Sean Sheehan B.A. over at Twitter and on Snapchat, so give him an ad on that as well. I'm at Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter at Severe MMA pod for all your questions throughout the week we'll get them in a timely manner also the DM's on the account are open so you don't have to follow us to send us our question but follow us anyway uh, because we'll follow you back back and we're sound also uh, the t-shirt send a DM to the podcast account or a message to our Severe MMA like Facebook page and we will uh, get back to you in a timely manner Sean thank you very much as always any closing thoughts? See you next Tuesday